Yeah, so I switched to uh, this new toothpaste that I ordered on Amazon from Japan. It's uh, charcoal-based, okay? And uh, it's like actually black toothpaste, and I'm using it now. Mm-hmm. That is totally not interesting at all. Oh, we're recording. Hey, welcome. It's Rad's Basement, episode eight. We are, uh, wait, who's we? Uh, well, I guess should I be introducing myself or reintroducing myself, I that's, guess I should say. That's right, yeah. Uh, I am Mike Vallis. Yeah. I was actually on which episode? One or two? Well, uh, two, right? Two, yeah, two. I believe yeah, it was so. episode two. And, uh, Andy, our good friend Andy, was episode one, and now our good friend Mike was episode two, and now he's also uh, episode. Uh, we just said it eight. You know, I was uh, gonna get together with Mike. Just we're, I was gonna do it anyway, but then uh, I saw a certain presentation that was on recently, and decided that I uh, I, th- I thought I wanted to talk about that, and I thought <laughs> that. Uh, you know, Mike Vallis was a guy who would also like to talk about this because we're both big gamer nerds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is uh, the, the pod- long history of that particular subject of that company, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this being the podcast where nerd is never a bad word, I thought who better to uh, talk about this nerdy subject with than uh, with uh, my good friend Mike Vallis. But who apparently is uh, from that introduction, I am nerd supreme then. Yeah. From that. <laughs> well, we said that last time. Uh, we said, I said, uh, I got a big one with me, remember? Yep. And you said, what do you mean big? And I said, well, I... Uh, I my feelings were so hurt. <laughs> so, so you you know, you know Mike because he was, uh, he was our uh, penultimate uh, Gaming AM episode. And then, uh, you know, he was already on this podcast. You're familiar with who he is. Normally, I ask, what's your nerd cred? I don't have to do that. Well, actually, I wouldn't mind saying this because particularly the subject, there's a little bit more because I've got so many different diverse things. We could talk about the fact that, like, when I first got into, like, a Nintendo gaming oh, sure. particularly. And I actually would like to talk a little bit about that because this is also going to lead me into a lot of my opinions about <laughs> uh, the Nintendo Switch later. Ah, so. uh, yes. Yeah. So it's the Nintendo Switch that we're referring to. We... Uh, we both watched the presentation separately, not together, but uh, we did watch it, and we did immediately form opinions, and we began to see those opinions appear on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I thought, this is something that we should... Uh, and should and do. just for reference, the uh, the uh, actual presentation happened just only two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So. this is uh, fairly uh, current. Not something I not normally... Not even 24 hours ago. So. Yeah, not something oh. I normally do. I'm normally not a topical... Mm-hmm. podcast i more like to uh live and that's what you did you actually contacted me right away and said you know hey you know yeah why don't we do because we we're going to meet up anyway we were going to meet up anyway but i my intention was just to let's i'm going to go by mike vallis i'm going to bullshit with him for a few hours and hang out and watch movies and fun do, stuff yeah Doctor just Who. hang He's out we indoctrinate would. me back into uh dragon ball z super that's so right yeah i'm lacking behind on that one yeah we spent way too much time talking about that well you know you can never spend too much time talking about dragon ball but you know, I'll much like Doctor Who. There is years of history there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Going back to '83, I want to say Dragon Ball started. In I almost want to say it almost the '70s, but that's, no, uh, really. You know what? It, I it, it, know maybe this. it's just it's just me. You should you of all people should know. I this. should know this. I'm gonna look it up. I was always gonna say just because the animation reminds me of the '70s. It didn't look very '80s because Voltron was '80s, right? And they didn't really match with the uh, Dragon Ball. I should say. Yeah, yeah Dragon- Z was probably '80s. Uh, Google says um, Toei Animation produced anime television series based on the first 194 manga chapters titled Dragon Ball. Uh, series premiered in Japan on Fuji TV February 26, 1986. Oh, wow. So I'm way off. Don't, and, don't listen to me. And ran till April 12, 1989, spanning 153 episodes. So, yeah, 86. That's something. 
Um, and then I think Dragon Ball Z went another 290 or something episodes beyond that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, we already talked about the redheaded stepchild, Dragon Ball GT. GT, yes. 64 <laughs> episodes. But now Dragon Ball Super has surpassed it, and it's on episode 70-something. Yeah, that's what you told me, because yeah. it was only 64 episodes, you said, of yeah. GT? So they've already gone beyond it, and it's good, because, you know, it's so much better as you're slowly finding out. Oh, that. yes. Yeah, just already from what little you've shown me here, I'm already impressed by it. And I've already seen the first movie, so. That's right, yeah. But uh, now we've already lost many, many listeners. Yeah, we, we, we've already already jumped uh, many different things i was originally talking about my nintendo credit for That's leading right. into this so. yeah um see here's the here's the thing we've already spent what you don't know is that we've already spent um how when did i get here oh god you got here like um two i, was I would say at least two o'clock two yeah it was two o'clock because you were going to try and get here at 1 30 and I, I looked at it i'm like yeah it's not gonna be a half hour to get here yeah. well <laughs> you know i made really good time until i got into your actual town Mm-hmm. And then there's like red lights everywhere, and yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna make it. Towns have it. red lights, by the That's, way. You know? I did not Maybe know not that. Where you I'm live. sorry. <laughs> so, but I made it, and uh, now I've been here like six hours already, and we just sat here and you know, be uh, man, a lot of, lot of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, we talked Doctor Who. I surprisingly, Rogue One never came up, uh, but we talked yeah, <laughs> Doctor Who. We talked different video game stuff that we've done. Yeah, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I think, like, even just, like, the technology, like, you were describing to me this uh, what-have-you that you have Dragon Ball Super Oh, the ra- I brought the, yeah. I brought raspberry the, Pi. Brought, brought the Raspberry Pi with Cody installed, and, uh, yeah, brought that to Mike's house so we could watch some various things that we never really got to much of because we just sat here BSing. Yep, and so. also talked, of course, about EGM history and yeah, all that. Well, yeah, there, I mean, so. that goes without saying. That, that always happens when we get together. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do this. I, I was just we going to hang out. And, uh, you know, I was going to do probably something different from the podcast. But when we saw that Nintendo thing, I was like, we should, uh, that'd be fun to, yep. to, to talk about that. And I thought it was a good idea, too. So Dissect that a little bit. But before, well, let's keep them in even more suspense and let's make them even more angry that we're not going to talk about it All yet. Right. And talk about uh, something that you had wanted to talk about Ooh. from the last time you were on. Oh, yes. Uh, you would when I was talking about when I was going to go see uh, Shin Godzilla. Right. Yeah, uh, which it came out here as, I believe, Godzilla. I don't know if it came out here as Godzilla Resurgence. I think it did. It was originally supposed to, but I think it actually did come out here as Shin Godzilla. Okay. So I was going to go see it. And last time I remember we were talking on the podcast, uh, I was expressing the interest how it was going to be a th- a throwback, an om- a, like a throwback to a modern-day version of the original Godzilla. I remember that. And I went and saw the movie, and that is absolutely not the case. Oh, it's it it's different. Um, as a kaiju fan, as I was speaking, it's multiple angles. In in many ways, I liked it. Yeah. But not as a Godzilla fan. Oh really? Yes, because it was in many ways not a traditional Godzilla movie, and even the fact that they could have swapped out Godzilla for some other creature, oh. and it would have been a, almost the same movie. The movie was actually more about. Um, it's, it's a lampoon into, or I shouldn't say it's a lampoon, but a study about how bad government bureaucracy is. Okay. Uh, so let me explain how this is. So like, so this, what gave uh, you the impression that it was going to be what you thought it was? Was there a the trailer? trailers? Okay. All the trailers of the videos we saw, you know, with Godzilla where he's like, you just see him slowly going and they have this operatic music with like, you know, just going over 
all of the seeds and it was like you'd heard no sound just people running just you see the tail going scenes of destruction of him moving it was very dark and how like they were presenting it yeah so but it was almost a comedy in some respects <laughs> so they left the government bureaucracy out of the trailer oh, completely yeah so well you com- know what other movie did the same thing and tricked us <laughs> what's that star wars episode one <laughs> exactly how about a bad guy? I think it's my favorite thing from Plinkett said when he was showing the intro to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So not what you expected about more. Was it trying to have a message? Yes. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't just trying to be, it was, the message was about government. Well, I mean, that was the thing. When it introduces the thing, you see like the event happen. You see like, you know, Godzilla's tail waving in the sea and stuff like that. And it cuts to this like group of people and they're discussing, oh my God, you know, this out, you know, we've just, we've detected this, you know, anomaly that's out here. We don't understand what that is, you know, and it spends like, you know, five minutes on there. And then it cuts to this other group of people where they're like, okay, well, you know, we believe there's some geological things going there. What does it say about them? You know, the map floor. And they're like examining that over there. And then they're like, okay, well, we have to talk to like Department of defense there and then it goes to the department of defense and for another five minutes this whole another set of people and so at this point i'm like looking at the movie I'm like this is really disjointed i didn't know who the main character was or anything but then 15 minutes the later it kept not, doing yeah, it the main character is not godzilla yeah you th- it should be yes exactly <laughs> and um it kept doing this it kept jumping and after 15 minutes of this jumping to this next group of characters next group of characters i realized what it was trying to do then at mm. that point Okay. It was it was trying to show that there's a lot of bureaucracy and trying to figure out what this is. Okay. And they do very amusing things. Um, for example, they one of the, always the things, particularly a Godzilla, people who don't like Hajime movies, always comment that creature like Godzilla could not exist hmm. because of um, the size and pure physics. It right, could not right, happen. Right. They actually wrote that into the movie. There were like these physics scientists were talking about, she's like saying, yeah, the creature, If they, once they discovered it was a creature, they're like, yes, it cannot, it cannot land It cannot land because it would crush itself under its weight due to physics. And it would cut to all these different scenes of people debating, you know, this could be a problem, this could be not a problem. So he's still underwater. He's still point. underwater okay. in the beginning at this point. So they're like, well, maybe he could exist underwater. Exactly. Okay. It could exist underwater. He said, but if it comes to land, it would die. Okay. And there's actually a scene where you know you see like I think it was like the uh, prime minister or the go- or the governor of uh, Japan or whatever that township there. He's like telling everybody, you know, we don't have to worry about this creature. We've been assured about this that he would come onto landfall, that he would just die, he would be crushed in his own weight. So there is no need to panic. And then it was silence, and this guy runs runs over from the side, hands him a note, sir. And he like looks at the nose like what? And then it cuts, and then of course, you know, he's in there. And that was the other interesting thing as far as Godzilla goes. This was also a very different version of Godzilla because he actually had multiple forms. Oh, weird. Like physical forms. He actually starts as like this weird for lack of a better term, tadpole thing. Okay. So, like, when he, when he, right after that scene, it cuts to this creature, which it's clearly an homage to, like, some sort of 1950s creature's head, because it looks like it had a rubber head, just, like, dangling all over the place, and it was dragging its belly on the ground. It had no arms, pushing itself along the, the harbor, and then it was just all of them, you know, tracking it and trying to figure out what to do, so. Yeah. But it was a very, the long and short of it, the whole thing was a very, very different movie than good, I was expecting. Good or not. So, no. Good in the respect that it really did showcase government bureaucracy. <laughs> and it was like, it, no, I mean, actually, it did its job. It showed almost like how humorous it got, you know. Right. There was actually, after the first attack, they even made the point where, you know, the, one of the main guys sitting there going, like, 
We spent two hours debating with each other, and we did nothing to accomplish this. We could have saved these people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Godzilla film, I wasn't... Um, yeah, I, I would not recommend. So that's just that's just me. What makes a good Godzilla movie? Well, that's debatable hmm. uh, because there's two different states on there. Um, I would say my stance is seeing as much of screen time as possible of the creatures doing things that they do, of smashing cities. So the creatures, meaning you prefer Godzilla versus... Godzilla versus, or even just, if, if this case in this movie, my expectation was to see a lot more of Godzilla smashing stuff and the people, you know, at least, you know, versus tanks, versus planes, versus things like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, that. I've, of course, seen Godzilla movies. Yes. But I would in no way classify myself as a kaiju fan. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just a guy who, I've seen Godzilla movies, they're cool. You know, I used to watch the rubber suits fighting yep. when I was young, you know, and that's like... Where it ends, and then I saw the Matthew Broderick movie, and I was pretty much done, you know? So, it's like, that's my only experience, you know? And I've probably seen, like, well, I'm sure I've seen one via Mystery Science Theater. Yes. I think uh, they did Megalon on that one. Yeah, yeah. And I know I've seen some of the offshoots, some of the spinoffs. Could you name some? Of of Godzilla of of the oh the, of, of the kaiju genre the, probably yeah, the, things like Spectre Man Ultraman yeah, things like that. I've seen stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah spinoffs is really the wrong word but the definitely the things inspired by um, I've seen a lot of that stuff but like in no way would I say you know Power, what what would I say is a good Power Godzilla. Rangers yeah totally it could be yeah I'm like you know what I'm trying because you're saying well was it good was it you know it was like what makes a good Godzilla movie you know certainly nothing that's come recently. And definitely, I would say not recently. And the closest I could actually say that would be a good kaiju movie of anything would actually, it's surprising to say this, in some respects, Pacific Rim. Yeah. And, and that was because, and I honestly think a lot of, because there's, you get enough on screen time yeah. of seeing the creatures in action to give you that visual spectacle yeah, not, of seeing them. Not a Godzilla movie, but certainly a good kaiju flick. Yes. That's, yeah, I would exactly. agree with that. Although really... with the fault with Pacific Rim, I would also say, not to divert this, is, and I knew this was going in, it was probably, I was expecting a problem. Uh, one friend of mine, you know, he got the art book and saw all the different uh, Jaegers and stuff like that. Okay. All the different robot stuff. He wanted to see all of them, like, you know, gaming, uh, tame, tame up. I had a feeling that 90% of them were going to get destroyed in the first part of the movie, and they did, basically. Oh, so, like, before he saw it. Yeah. He hoped that there would be, like, the actual, the robots yeah. would fight each other? Oh, no, no, they, they, you'd see them more throughout the show. Oh, okay. more, there'd be more, more of the them, movie. but yeah. Like, the whole team would be throughout. It wouldn't be just, like, 90% of them gets destroyed and just the one main American Oh, yeah, it's, it's basically, like, as I remember it, I've only seen it once, but as I remember it, it's like, they send out one, gets destroyed, they send out another, gets destroyed, or, like, one or two. Yeah. Because, yeah, there was, like, I think there was, like, Tornado something. There was the one from China. Yeah. And there was the one that was um, the Soviet one with, like, yeah. the muscles and stuff. That now, we already saw giant robots fighting in the classic film Robot Jocks. Yes. So, I mm. mean, we don't really need that in Pacific Rim, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm so glad you know what movie I'm talking about when I say that. It warms my heart. Because I can say that to anybody else, and they'd be like, what the fuck is Robot It's funny. My, my, my boss actually said that one time because he's like, uh, one, one Your of boss the, talked about Robot Jacks? Yeah, believe it or not. Oh, my He God. was actually talking about, he didn't know what it was, but he actually was, he was trying to explain it to somebody, and he didn't know what movie it was. And uh, my supervisor, Robert, was out of the, actually It's the, at the one time. with the guy from Alien Nation. Come on. <laughs> Everybody.
Nobody knows that, right? No. Okay. I'm a nerd. Sorry. So it's funny because yeah, he was trying. He's like, he's like, and then he came up to me. He's just like, yeah. He's like, you know, you know, Robert's gone. He's like, I need your info. You know, he's like, how much you know geek movie stuff do you know? I'm like, I know a pretty good amount. He's like, okay, well, you know, tell me about it. Tell me about the movie. He's like, okay, it's set in the future. I'm like, well, that narrows it down. <laughs> but then, then he said, he's like, it's about people who are operating giant robots. Robot jocks. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Robot jocks, boom, right away. <laughs> Gary Graham, come on. Get <laughs> See, I didn't know about that. I don't. I don't know the names of the actors in there. You're, oh. you're going far more than I am. Yeah, I for some reason I know Gary Graham, and I know he was in Alien Nation. He was the human guy. Yeah, in okay. Alien Nation, and yeah, I don't know why. I figured I'm I a just, nerd. I, I, th- I I'm thought so your limitation. I have a podcast. There you go. Exactly. I thought your limitation for actors is just only get only movies that David Warner was in. Well, that is uh, <laughs> a definite area of interest, mm-hmm. but uh, that's yeah, a very specific. I, I, I do know, yeah, I do know uh, other. Uh, well, Gary Graham also appeared in a Star Trek show. So any oh, actor okay. that appeared in a Star Trek show, I, I instantly. Which one did he appear in? Uh, Enterprise. So that may be why you don't know. Okay, right? yeah, I only watched about half of Enterprise. So yeah, but so did the rest of the world. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, no one, no one uh, watched that show. I did. I sank with that ship, and it's a shame because uh, in season four. When it got canceled, it actually got really good. Well, I actually specifically went and wa- went to watch the uh, the Klingon explanation episode. Ah, yes. Because uh, I heard about that, and I always wanted to see that. And I thought they did actually a really they, bang up job on they, it. They did. I thought it was good. Yeah, and, uh, they did a good job. Here's the problem: they had these writers on staff that were no good, mm-hmm. and by the time they realized the mistake and hired new writers in season four, it was already too late, too late for the show. So they got one season of good episodes. And they did a really weird, not Star Trek thing in season four. They did kind of like um, connected episodes, like anthologies, where like this first set of three episodes is one story. Mm-hmm. And then the next set of three or four is another story. And then they, they were like, I guess doing, they did technically do They were doing like that, yeah. long stories. It's not something like, like, that's something reserved for like classic Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah, classic <laughs> Doctor Who, exactly. But uh, yeah, not for, uh, but even um, modern Doctor Who in season eight, I believe, did two episode stories. Every episode was two, right? Yeah. Was it I, season I was going to say season, uh, season, no, season nine, nine is was the one nine? that did. Almost every one of them was a two-parter, which I actually personally appreciated. Yeah. Because as a classic series fan, this I should say for the other podcast, eventually for Coop. Yeah. So, oh, but I matter. have my opinion about that where I wanted to see more of the story development. That's why I was actually, but yeah, they did two episodes back-to-back that would like link to each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've listened to this podcast, and you've partaken in this podcast enough to know that this it's its a complete train wreck from start to finish. There yes. is no, <laughs> no one subject ever gets talked about to its completion. It always jumps to, you know. Jumps from point and to point. People are always point. left going, I liked the first conversation, you, mm-hmm. you jerks, but now you're on to this other. And that was another thing we were talking about, too, was just, uh, I'm just saying this for, like, I don't know if Coop will be listening to this, but I am looking forward to having a chat with there, too, because while I was listening to your last podcast with Coop, I was going like, oh, I was like listening. I was like, I totally wanted to participate. I was like participating in my mind mm-hmm. of all the different things. Like, you know, when Coop was mentioning the Doctor Who tapes, I said, you know, to you, I'm like, oh, wait, I would love to say something about this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And the target novelizations. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, yeah. There, though, yeah, it's it's coming down the pipe. There, there will be so many dang themed episodes <laughs> to, uh, like this one about the Nintendo Switch that we're never going to get. That's clearly, to yeah. We're, we're, we're very much we're staying on topic yeah, right now. We're, we're totally on top of it. Uh, the Godzilla flick, back to, uh, to get back on the rails here. Uh, subtitled or dubbed? Uh, it was actually subbed. Really? I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised that's, yeah, about that's that. That's surprising to me. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised. I was, uh, well, it was Funimation who put it out, so which also was like uh, shocked me. So Wow. Yeah. 
Now, for people who may not know, but they don't care anyway. Some That's people okay. do. Um, They'll learn. Yeah. Um, Funimation handles the American dub of Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're... And sub. And... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they did. They just handled Dragon Ball. They just see. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but they are like in my mind when I think of fun, Funimation, I think of seeing it on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. That's like in my mind what I think of. I, it occurs to me that on the DVDs they are subtitled yep. also in the other track in Japanese. But uh, when I think of them, I specifically think of dubbing. So when I hear you say Godzilla was subbed. And it was released by Funimation. I am surprised to hear that. Well, I will say, I don't know if they did this with Shin Godzilla, but um, a lot of um, anime movies and stuff that brought out, both by Funimation and others, they will actually have a night for the dubbed version and a night for the subbed version. Okay. They actually do recognize the the, the audience importance of that. Did so. they do that for the Godzilla one? I, well, that's what I said earlier. I oh. don't know if they oh, did for don't, Godzilla. You don't know if you... Oh, I would just... Like, the, I don't know if I went on the, the night that I went to see Godzilla. I don't know if that was, like, the sub night or not. Okay. I, I don't know if there was a dubbed version. I took a drink of water there. and didn't hear that. I, or, <laughs> just don't pay attention I, to I just... Yeah, I don't listen, really. I You know when you know when I do listen is when I, I, I listen to it back to edit it. That's when I listen. <laughs> so right now, I'm not listening. Gotcha. No, that's Ray not. Price doesn't multitask. <laughs> No, that's not true. I, uh, yeah. So uh, the other point that um, maybe we wanted to touch on was uh, Rogue One. Did you have things you wanted to? Oh, it was say just little things that, that I was going to mention. Yeah. Oh, that that when you, I was well, uh, you when uh, you told me that you listened to the previous episode, you were mm-hmm. like, oh, I had some. Tell oh, me. little insights and Tell stuff me. like that that I want yeah, to say? I'd love to Oh, hear actually, there was the, the only one I could think of right off the top of the, uh, my head right now with Rogue One is you, when, uh, you were talking about how, like how uh, Coop actually thought it was better than uh, Episode 7. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Okay. And I, but uh, but you, they, they, I, I forget what the, his reasons were for, but mine were actually far more ephemeral reasons why I liked, uh, I thought it more in Episode uh, 7. Uh-huh. Because and it mostly had to do with that ending battle sequence that felt like a Star Wars scene. Okay, just I mean that maybe it's the maybe it's I don't know if it's the nostalgia of the Adats and stuff, but with the um you have the ground battle, you have them trying to invade the, that small quieter trying to invade the circle in there. You had the space battle. Mm-hmm. That whole end sequence just really hit me as this is Star Wars. Right. Right. I didn't get that in episode seven. I got, I got, well, uh, what's this fake, uh, traitor or whatever the, the joke name for the storm trooper flipping the, uh, oh, uh, thing around. Yeah. The, uh, TR8R. Yeah. TR8R. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Traitor, well, that, that's right. Not his real name, but yeah, a name that the internet gave him. So that's his name. Yes. That's now his probably. The, his yeah. Name, so. Cause the internet gave him that name, but so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got that and just a little bits and pieces of that. And I was just kind of like, eh. Well, I but mean, we also talked about a couple other things too, but carry on. Well, I was just going to say the ending of, um, Episode eight uh, was or seven, I should say, not eight. We're eight. We're, we're, we're not there. With us. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, we're on we're eight. ahead of they're, them. They're not. Um, just a, it was a new hope again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, in Rogue One, it was like you said, more you know, traditional Star Wars. You know. Yeah, it felt much. It more wasn't. It well, I would say. The, and another thing I was I should say now that you mentioned it, that's the other thing I liked about it. Rogue One. Just like a new hope was a complete story. Yeah. Episode seven was not a complete story. That's it true. was a part one. Yeah. It ended with cliffhangers, non-explanation of characters, Absolutely. backstories, well, stuff like that. It's it, it was a setup. I will uh, I will make a joke fake argument against that <laughs> that it is not a complete movie 
mm-hmm. that it actually gets completed by A New Hope. Yes, and I hear that um, uh, George Lucas might come back to direct yeah, it. he's going to come back and uh, actually direct that in 1977. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be uh, pretty cool when that comes out. I can't wait to see it. Exactly. But and but speaking of which, that's funny that you trans uh, transition to that. Um, I had texted you that I had the same problem though with at the ending of a new of a Rogue One where the blockade runner took off. Yeah. And you know Darth Vader seeing him take off, and then when they caught in, then we catch up to a New Hope. It completely changed the whole theme of that. Right. Because like it's now, like, now, now it's not just a, and we're treading what we already talked about, but it's okay. But basically, I had said that now we are before we thought, hey, there's a ship. Let's go chase them down and see if they've got the plans. Yeah. Now it's chase that ship down because we just watched it. We leave. just watched them get away. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole conversation between Darth Vader and the captain when he makes up that lie. Yeah, about the like ambassadors. I just saw you leave. Stop lying. Yeah. But that's not how it came off to me when I saw A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And then now that I, you know, it's like totally. The reason why I'm able to accept it, I guess, is just because clearly they had information that the the plants were on that ship, mm-hmm. so I can accept that. Right. But yeah, but not in the computer. They checked yes. the main computer. That's the rest right. Our plans aren't in the computer. There, you know. But uh, the funny thing about that is, why would Darth Vader have them check the computer when he just saw them pass that? I didn't disc. think of that. He watched down the, the guy, down the hallway. He watched that guy pass that disc through that door that wouldn't open. Mm. So he knows they're on that disc, not in the. We checked the main computer. Why? I know they have it on a di- why it, nobody it, but that never came up you know it was all just just twisted clearly Darth Vader was just very single binary it was just going you, you, what you didn't see is in his mask he's going yeah. he's he like slashing everybody up that's really what it was about and then when he got back to the ship it's like oh wait I was supposed to be there for something oh I was just killing people yeah I was just I was just I was just cutting fools yeah oh they have a thing we're looking for oh <laughs> I was just yeah I was doing a thing. Yeah, could you? Oh, that would be funny. They should do. I we'll probably see that in. Robot. Oh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert: we may talk about the ending of Rogue One. Oops, did we <laughs> did we spoil something? <laughs> I hope you saw that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It would be funny. I, I I imagine we'll see that in Robot Chicken sometime soon. Yes, of the Rogue One scene, but <laughs> but inside the mask of Darth Vader going. <laughs> exactly, something like that. Yeah, um, Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. We saw um, Switch. Yeah, we got to switch topics. So yeah, now. let's switch to that topic. Um, that was overdone. <laughs> what do you a little. Think? But uh, well, here's the thing. Which, about believe it or not, I'm actually going to touch on because it kind of reminds me of one of my biggest problems with Nintendo these days. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. There's there's some problems that we as fans of Nintendo have with them, but certainly, and I, I, I imagine there'll be a lot of the same problems as we get dig into this and talk about it and figure this out. But uh, let's go back to the beginning of uh, the Switch. When we first heard about it, the way we first heard about it was um, everything about the unveil of this system has been awkward. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me yes. on this? Okay. Um, now that we've established that. I completely um, agree with it. Mostly, be, especially because there was so much... Uh, uh, people looking at there was a lot of rumors coming out and a lot of expectations, especially after, I, for better, lack of a better word, the debacle of the Wii U. Yeah, oh you yeah. know, a lot of expectations were coming in here, and then they when they presented it finally, the first presentation, not last week. Yeah. So it, it first the okay, let's dial this back. And those of you who are non gamers, if you if you listen to this podcast for whatever reason, like you're my mom or something, um, 
the Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's new console that they're going to release. Console slash handheld. We technically don't it's know. It's right. Yeah. yeah, we're not 100% on it because the unveil was so uh, was so strange. But Nintendo Switch, uh, going to be their new main console and possibly handheld, we don't know, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, going to replace the Wii U because the Wii U failed. Yes. It's not an opinion. It yeah. happened. It happened. It, well, they, they've stopped continuation of the production. Yeah. And yeah, After only three years? Has it been about? It? Has, has it been, been that a, long? Has it been three? It doesn't feel three, like four, it. Three, four, three, four. I not that long. Yeah, wow. Very short. Very for a, short for a console life. Life. Yeah. Um, I have the Wii U. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I just think Nintendo marketed it really badly and named it really badly. I don't agree with the name. I, I think that's no. My no. My stance is you know a lot of people point out and they say that the name was a really bad. Well, the name is a bad name. I will agree with that. But if they call it the Wii Two, the Wii Three, I don't think that would have helped. I just think not Wii. Oh, that too. I something, agree. I, I, that's my opinion. Is something Nintendo something? Oh yeah. God, yeah. The not, Nintendo. I agree. I wish it would go back to that. Yeah. So. Don't name it we anything. Like you know, Sony's got a thing. The going. Nintendo Gaming System X. You yeah. know, How about I, I, that? I anything. You know. Um, well, I mean, what did we have? We had Nintendo. We had Super Nintendo. We had Nintendo sixty four. We had GameCube. So now they've gotten away from the Nintendo. Now we're now we're GameCube. Yeah. And. Where do you we go? Went to the Wii, where do you, yeah, the Wii, Wii U. Where do you go from there? You know, where do you go from Wii? I don't know, but not Wii U. Mm-hmm. Not that's. I not, completely agree. Yeah, no, it's it's not. Uh, it didn't work. And a, it, a friend of mine once pointed out that uh, I'm surprised nobody really did the joke. Um, have you ever seen uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist? You know, I know, I know, I'm aware of that movie. And just recently, about I want to say like two months ago, Trick Man Terry. Terry Minnick said, have you ever seen this movie? Uh-huh. Go, go see it. <laughs> it. In my opinion, well, you know, not to, not to derail, haha, <laughs> too late. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is great with alcohol and several friends, in oh, my sure. opinion. If you watch it by yourself, I don't think it's going to be nearly as funny. You know, I did, and even though I'm 40. Oh, so you did see it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I just, I just watched it. Cause All Terry, right. Terry said, have you seen this movie? It's hilarious. And he showed me some YouTube clips. I'm like, I'm on board. I'll watch it. So I did by myself because I didn't think my wife was going to be interested <laughs> in that. But uh, yeah, I uh, I checked it out, and surprisingly, uh, I I still laughed at it. I thought it would like oh, it's I, definitely I, I, I thought I would be like too old for it. And like, he, there's a scene where he fights the cow that I probably would have laughed hysterically at in high school. But now I'm just like, that's stupid. But mm. there were a lot of very subtle jokes, yeah, so, well, especially with how they did the product placement yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. But anyways, getting back Taco to my Bell. point of what, what this had to do with the Wii U, but with that one girl going, the way she's laughing, uh, it's my friend Carol, giving her a uh, name drop here. She she pointed that out to me. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. When she's doing the, ew, 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 that's, it's like, it's like, she said, she commented, like, when I first heard the name Wii U, that's what I thought. That's <laughs> so funny. They should have, they, Nintendo should have used that clip. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They might have been, been like, yeah, might have been like memes a good, and stuff. Out good there. marketing strategy. Bring some memes in, and you know, like uh, it could have followed stuff. up their other marketing strategy. Like when they first introduced the Wii, they could have had that scene, that scene from Deliverance with Wii, <laughs> Wii. It's total total tie-in. How oh did they miss that God. marketing opportunity? <laughs> oh. I killed Ray. That's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> So, this, uh, what were we talking about? We Nintendo were talking Switch. About Nintendo Switch. Oh, man. <laughs> so, they, the way they unveiled this thing, man, um, this is weird commercial. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, whenever 
a new console is announced, that's a big deal. That's something you do at E3 yes. and in front of an audience and, and make a big deal out of it, man. Mm-hmm. And they did one of their um, Nintendo Directs and just showed this commercial. Yeah, it was like a global announcement commercial that and they put it. out. And it's this commercial that like conveys this really weird message mm-hmm. about the system. Like rooftop parties. Well, yeah, they showed rooftop parties. They showed that one guy, you know, he sits there, he, t- he pulls the switch out of there, goes to the, goes to the park with the beautiful sunset and sits down and starts playing his yeah. switch instead of enjoying the beautiful sunset of the that's, park. That's, I, said, I'm the, I, I hope I'm not the only one who caught that. That's <laughs> the truth. I was talking about that when I watched the commercial. I'm like, this commercial conveys like, um, uh, like um, addiction. Yeah, that that is a good description. Like, for if it. you have gamer addiction, we've Nintendo's got you covered. <laughs> Here's the Switch. Take it anywhere to your parties to everything. Yeah, yeah somebody's throwing that. a party. Fuck them. Bring your Switch. <laughs> so your buddies want you to play basketball. Fuck them. Bring your Switch. Switch, man. You know, it's like, oh my. They'll God. want to play your basketball video game, your video game basketball, anyways, instead of real one. It was just a really bizarre. Like, reveal. Like, not at E3 and not... You're like, here's a Nintendo Direct. We're just going to show you this commercial. Mm-hmm. That's it. Here's the Switch. Thank you. Goodbye. No questions. And I think I think their attempt was, because they were trying to get away from... They were trying to show it, A, to be family, but also, B, for an, an older audience, because that was another problem that they had with the Wii and the Wii U, is it's like it was more conveyed to a younger audience. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's kind of Nintendo's problem, I think, in a way that I'm not sure, like, they know... Who their yeah. target audience is, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like we want adults to like this, but we also want kids to like this. We have, and they're known like in the game world as being like, oh, Nintendo's the kid system, and Xbox yeah. and PlayStation are the grown-up systems. You well, know? here's the, here's the way I like it. I like. I was thinking about this last night, and I realized I came to the conclusion: Nintendo. It's not so much that it's like they're a kids thing. They're eventually Nintendo is going to be seen, and in many ways is seen. As not just the kids, but the Disney of video games. Yeah, right. Because even though they do younger, the games and their characters and stuff appeal to older audiences. Well, there are a lot of nostalgia with there too. So, mm-hmm. but I think that is also their downfall too, because I've often said many times that while everybody knows Mickey Mouse, nobody is asking for a Mickey Mouse, a new Mickey Mouse animated cartoon. Right. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, I think they actually did one. Uh, it, was, it was a small one. It was like there was a, a series of shorts. I remember watching. They were actually pretty good. When did they come out? Uh, I want to say like a year or two ago. Really? That recent? Yeah, and it was. I think they were only online too. I remember this? And it was done because it was done by like um, some like old Cartoon Network. Um, like we're talking like the Powerpuff Girl era type people. Craig McCracken uh, or Gendy? I don't think I don't think Gendy. I, I don't know if. I, it, it, if Gendy was names, behind him, I could see it. Those are the names that come to mind. Is like Craig McCracken. I would say it's Gendy like that kind of generation of yeah. um, show. I could say that kind of a generation or something. Hmm. I, I don't know if Gendy was actually behind it or if he was actually involved in it. But um, I, would, I would say it would not surprise me in the style and presentation of how they were done. Well, now so. he's doing um, Hotel Transylvania. Yep, he's doing Hotel. Well, isn't he, he's not involved in uh, the new Samurai Jack, is he? Yes, he is. That's yep. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be on Adult Swim. Yep. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm excited about that. So. But these Mickey Mouse shorts, I'm gonna have to look them up now. And, and yeah, I'll have to show this. you after we're probably done with this. We'll probably yeah, show you should, about like uh, one or four of them. Yeah, we should check those out for sure. So, but, uh, but which kind of defeats the whole point? I was like trying to say. But anyways, I was gonna say 
that's oh, going back to the switch um they're very much they're very much the disney so yeah. i see that they're trying to go for family they're trying to but i don't think nintendo is aware how the gaming industry is today yeah so that's the thing how about especially globally yeah they seem i want to out of touch out of touch is definitely there and, and definitely aware of that um well out of touch is one thing because I th- I think they I, get I think unfairly labeled. They get unfairly labeled as a kid system, yeah. mostly because the design of all of their franchises are much more aimed at a younger audience. Right. I don't think it's necessarily their fault. They have to constantly produce these um those franchises because those are the only things that are selling their system right. these days. Yeah. So because they had no third party support, where I think they really fall, where it really falls in terms of being out of touch with the gamer is in the design of their system. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, talking about the Switch, the Wii, the Wii U, they're not designed to just be a gaming system. Right. You know, there's always some gimmick involved and something with that. And that's what really, like, worries me about Nintendo's, like, future prospects. Mm -hmm. Because up until um, GameCube, Mm -hmm. it was just... Game in my opinion, N64, but GameCube, yes, I was well. Well, GameCube didn't really have any gimmicks. It was just, that is true. It was a game system. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking That's where I'm starting to go with this is that when the Wii came, these gimmicks started to appear. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were people that were saying that they're, it's a fad. It's going to go away. Well, obviously, it, it didn't. The mm-hmm. Wii did wonderful business. Well, it's well. I, I I thought that was actually more of the reverse. Uh, Nintendo came out. We did wonderful business, and then it died because it was a fad. Well, <laughs> because and it, it became a fad solely because they didn't have any extra software. Right. That's that's the trick. It's not. It's not that it. I don't know. I don't feel like it was a fad. At least it's not for me. I just feel I like they really. Yeah, I do, and I and my evidence that I will kind of point towards is Rock Band. <laughs> yeah. Well, as odd as that sounds, it's because Rock Band. Rock Band had this great thing, and there's there's no endless supply of music. Yeah. But there was nowhere else you could really go with that kind of that kind of you know the the instrumentation stuff like that. I remember having this discussion with somebody, another past EGMer, uh, when we were talking about Rock Band. We were actually at Trick Band Terry's uh, basement bash. Okay. And people were playing Rock Band. And I looked over. I'm like, oh God, I hate that Rock Band <laughs> shit. And they're like, he's like, why? He's like, why do you do that? It's like, I said, because that is. Right there, I said, that is literally just a cul-de-sac. There's, there's nowhere to go with that. Yeah. And I remember he looked at me, the, I won't name the guy's name, but he looked at me and says, well, what I see there is nothing but the natural evolution of gaming, you know, video gaming. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm sitting there kind of smugly thinking right now, yeah, evolution, that shit went extinct faster than the dinosaurs, man. Yeah, I, you know. I and I think it's because it's a gimmick. Yeah. That was unfortunately one of the things. And now, is that the sole reason why the Wii U or the Wii went? No. Although that did, that was a direct reason why a lot of the third parties didn't jump on yeah. was because they had a really gimmicky controller yeah. that they had to custom pull all of their current games for onto. So yeah. I like to direct this back a little bit to where I think the pinnacle of where Nintendo got right, got it right and why they're getting it wrong now is because, is the, in my opinion, the perfect transition was from the NES to the Super Nintendo. Right. That was glorious. What did they do in that transition? From the first and foremost, they did the one thing that, and I, I was thinking about it. It's something Blizzard used to say that they do. It's debatable now if they still do it. But Nintendo always said when they designed the Super Nintendo and when they designed the Game Boy, they said 
we are going to take our time developing consoles. Yeah. We're going to take our time developing it, and we are going to release it when we feel it is ready. Right. When it is perfectly ready for it. And with the Super Nintendo, you can see it. When you look at the controller, it is just an evolution of the NES controller. Right. It introduced the diamond button pattern. It introduced the shoulder buttons. These were never in before. Right. These were revolutionary, not gimmicky. Right. These enhanced the basic gaming experience. Right. Okay. When you talk about uh, the system itself... What did it do? Did it do any waggly things or something like that? Or any, like, stupid, you know, little tablet things you got to point at the screen? No. What did it introduce? Mode 7 scaling. Right. It did that, was revolutionary mathematical, and and, and enhanced the gaming. The sound chip. Right. You know, theoretically, you could say that that's there, but that enhanced the game so much in there. Controller, physical controller improvements, hardware improvements hardware improvements and most importantly functioning as a gaming system right the core gaming of what they're building on what was created yeah and that's where i think the we fell apart and we you and subsequent everything it's not building mm-hmm. on what it is it's trying to redefine yeah what there, it well, is gaming. i mean it's kind of like where do you go okay um I would say you don't really have to go anywhere. Yes. We've got enough buttons. We've mm-hmm. got enough, you know, I mean, there doesn't, we need to evolve and we need to just, you know. There are, th- you know what, if I may give an example, um, um, I'll admit I am not as familiar with the Xbox One as I am with the uh, PS4. Yeah. But like, for example, the PS4, one of the things they did, well, they looked at the industry and they said, well, you want to know how we're going to enhance it? We're going to have it auto movie recording right so that you can upload your videos and actually even stream videos with you on there right that's a portion of that right that just enhances that part of the gaming community that's yeah that's another evolution uh not a gimmick i, yeah. I would agree that that's not you know that's okay that kind of stuff is okay it's mm-hmm. okay to do that kind of stuff it's it's trying to figure out when it goes from innovation to gimmick and yes yeah, i think you're right that we might be where it was at. Although, like I said, I don't, I have trouble calling it a fad, but at the same time, I kind of wish that once it came around, Mm -hmm. that's all they did after that. Oh, we got to recapture, so desperate to recapture that Yeah, they had a moment to, yeah. Yeah. What do we do next? Well, let's introduce this screen and off-screen play and, uh, you know, all the different gimmicks this thing can do. And how many of them got used, you know? Not that Not that many. A lot of the stuff, unfortunately, kind of went away. Went the way of oh, I don't know, the Zapper, yep. and Rob, and the Virtual Boy, Donkey and Kongas, the, and, and, and the Super Scope, and the you know, a lot of this stuff is just like, look, remember that E3 presentation of the Wii U? Look at all the things this touchscreen can do. It's got gyro controls. Mm-hmm. It's got you can put it on the ground. And you remember they had the guy playing golf, golf with it. the yep. thing on the ground. The, None of that stuff ever, they were all tech demos. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff ever came into the real world. So when I'm watching this Switch presentation, and I've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves. We were kind of talking about the that initial awkward commercial, but now I've kind of jumped into <laughs> the, uh, but what I'm saying tie is, back in. when I was watching that presentation, I was like, this is, I, I feel the same way as I was when I was watching the Wii U. It's like this is a bunch of like tech demo shit that's never no one's ever gonna that HD rumble. Mm-hmm. Who's how many third parties are gonna use that? You know yeah. how much are we going to see of that? It can do this and it can do this and it can do this. Well, tell us about the system. They still haven't like fully revealed like what are the hardware specifications. That's a big problem. And it, yeah. what you know and it's it's still coming with a 32 gig memory stick inside of it. 
I think so. I thought there was actually, is it a stick inside of it? Because I remember that was one of the things, because I know you could use a special, um, you can use an, uh, what, uh, what kind of a card you could use with it? I forget. Well, it has, it has proprietary cartridges. I no, would, no, I mean like memory. The memory? Yeah. I don't know if it's proprietary or not. No, I thought it was like an SD card or is something it like SD? that. Or? In any, it doesn't matter. Whatever it comes with, it's only 32 gig. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the same as the Wii U, and that's like, you know, it's not, you know, this is, this is 2017, man. Yep. You know, it's like, I, you know, I, when I heard that, I'm like, well, you know, it's a low amount of memory, but at least they're allowing you to upgrade it. I mean, they're, they're, Nintendo is acting very apple in this generation. And what I mean by that is when I saw the pricing of all the peripherals, mm-hmm. I was like, that's so Apple. $50 Now, a see, that's piece. funny. I just ignored all the peripherals, and I just looked at the system. Now, tell me about the peripherals, then. Well, the peripherals, um, $50 each for those little two Joy-Cons. Joy-Con left. Oh, yes. $50. I did see that. Yes. Joy-Con right. $50. They're the size of a, of a what's it, like, I, they're less. They're they're actually smaller than your phones. Yeah, than the Apple phones. Fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, well. What I, I don't even like these controllers. I just want the classic controller. But that's seventy. What the heck? Why is that? Why what, is what? that seventy dollars? Yeah, that's that's like Apple moves, man. That's that like is that's like point. brand recognition. Like, oh, we're Nintendo, so it's seventy dollars. Yep. And the only thing I can think that's di- they never did that before. And the only mm-hmm. thing that I can think is different. This is the first console to release post Iwata. Oh, good point. I didn't even so think of that. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, I that hate to say this, but I will. Act, I might argue that they have always done this. The problem is, it's always been in other unusual peripherals, yeah. not in terms of replacement stuff, but like you know when they first released the Wii U, you know it's like okay, we're gonna have the steering wheel for um, Mario Kart. We're gonna have the Donkey Kongas and stuff yeah. like that. They were very expensive things, yeah. but they were very specific. Well, I remember the Wii... So they still sold you your plastic and silicon. Yes, yes. That they would always do. I remember the Wii remotes being, and I think they still are, um, 40? Are they? I I haven't looked. I want to say they're 40 bucks, and then the nunchucks are like 20. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's high, but it can do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess I can sort of understand it, even though it's like this small like TV remote almost thing, and it's 50 bucks. That was like... I guess in a way you're right that that was the first step in the evolution. Mm-hmm. And now we're on to Switch with even smaller, thinner controllers for $10 more. more. Now you can get mm-hmm. a bundle of the two for 80 I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm still like, man, that's like if you sit, those things just look like you're, they're on your couch. And you sit on one because it's so small, and you bust it. Yep. You're out $50 for that little <laughs> stupid thing. I was like, that's a little pricey. And then when I'm like, well... If I don't like, you know, because they're like, you could turn them sideways like the Wii and play like yep. classic games with them. I'm like, look at how small. Because I'm like, I'm like bear this in mind. These are Japanese guys mm-hmm. holding these controllers. And they look small in their hands. Yeah, ours are going to be like monstrous yeah. things. So. so I'm not, my, I'm like, I'm going to get arthritis playing this. I'm 40, dude. I can't, mm-hmm. you know. The, I'm like, well, maybe the classic controller. Oh, here's the classic controller. Like, looks nice. Looks okay. This will be good. And then they didn't announce it. At all in the presentation, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, save that. Yeah, it's later. there. It's, by we'll the way, it's save there. that, save that. For later. And then you read on one of the gaming websites or somewhere the next day, you know, oh, it's seventy dollars. Like, dude, what? Mm-hmm. That's like Apple. Like we're Apple, so we can charge that. Well, it's kind of like how they quietly just, you know, I mean, we'll get into it. But when they unveiled Zelda at the end, and here's the release date for Zelda. Oh, it's the same day as the Wii. But they, of course, didn't 
mention that there's our, I mean, it's the same day as the Nintendo Switch, but of course they forgot to mention the fact, or they failed to mention that it's also coming out for the Wii That's U right. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, it's, it's just, um, I am um, I like uh, so what I'm what the whole point getting back to what I was saying earlier I got to the memory card and then I got on this tangent but what I was going to say is well it's only 32 gig of memory but at least you can upgrade it yes they didn't go as far as Apple as to say well there are three different bundles of the switch mm-hmm. you can get the 32 gig bundle you can get the 64 gig bundle or you can get the 256 bundle or you know something akin yep. to that at least they didn't do that but Oh, I was I was figured that's a GameStop thing they did. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> GameStop it, did their uh things. So. Their bun- oh, they're doing bundles already? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All, you get this deluxe, deluxe set with this, this, and this. I didn't super look bundle. I didn't look at any of the did you look at any I didn't look at any bits and pieces of it. I've seen it on the forums that I was talking about and people were linking them. I'm all just the different not, bundles. Yeah, okay. So I I didn't look at any of the pre order stuff because to be honest, I'm not interested in playing that type of game with Nintendo anymore. Mm. Where, you know, we like hustle and try to get in our pre-orders oh i missed the three seconds i missed the three second pre-order window well i'll go wait wait in line at gamestop at 4 a.m oh i can't because i have a kid well i'll have somebody babysitter all right i'm here oh you only had six i'm seven in line i'm tired of that i agree you know and this day and age it's so stupid it's getting bad they've been doing this they've been doing that since freaking zelda 2 it's been you you got it you nailed it Zelda 2, and the famous chip shortage yeah. that may or may not have happened, but um, that's why Zelda 2 couldn't have come out. But I'm going back um, to more recent memory. Uh, this goes back to us talking about Nintendo being out of touch. Yes. How are you so out of touch that you don't know how many Amiibos to make? <laughs> how are you so out of touch that you don't know how many NES Classics to build? Mm-hmm. And the NES Classic... And the, the Amiibos, really, both are inexcusable. Well, the problem is here, this is the sad part, I believe, that Nintendo's doing. I don't think it's that they are out of touch in that respect. They are, unfortunately, in touch with marketing. Yeah. Because that is so like... So they're well, building hype. That's exactly... Because um, what, that, what that is doing is exactly what Harley Davidson does yeah. with all of this part. There's huge waiting lists we're, for more. We're going to make 100 of these for the whole country, and then... Exactly. The hype will build. But the problem is... And then they they get the press because everybody's going, oh my God, the Wii U sold out. The Wii U sold out. What are we going to do about this? We're going to need more and more. And so they get the press. They get the stocks hitting them going, oh my God, they could go on their press release. We sold out the first day. Look at this. You know, they don't have to give you the numbers. How many did you make? Yeah. They don't have to talk about that. (laughs) But the thing is, it's like you have to find a happy medium between marketing and meeting demand the reason you can build hype i i understand them intentionally holding on to systems you know i i get marketing the problem is nintendo how much money did they leave on the table with that nest classic Mm -hmm. all of that scalping that was going on on ebay people selling them for like 250 bucks a pop on ebay when they retail for like what 65 something like that yeah yeah you know they build they build this horrible horrible world where you can only get these things under your tree for Christmas by going on eBay and paying a scalper 250 bucks when they could have just made enough to meet some of the demand, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but all that money is left on the table. All the all the eBay scalpers got two hundred fifty bucks a pop. Nintendo didn't see any of that. Yeah, they they got all that money or whatever. Yeah, they left all that money on the table by just. You know, well, we're not going to meet the. I I could see an an executives arguing that the price in the that their value would come in the advertising. Yeah. Versus that, it doesn't mean they're right. Right. 
I just think I could see the argument that they would just say that because of the ad and the press and like the stock prices would have gone up and yeah. stuff like that. I could easily see them being the argument. Yeah. But the counter still- like where they would lose the money in terms of those sales, they gained it in terms of promotion yeah. and but- word of mouth and oh my God. Would anybody have really talked that much about the NES classic had there been a huge shortage? Right, exactly. So. That's true. But at the same time, we're you know, uh, we're way past Christmas, and you still can't find them things on mm-hmm. shelves. You know, I don't like. I've spoken about this before. And on this the goes, and this probably goes eventually back. Is they don't have that medium. They don't know when to stop. It's like it's like, all right, we got our hype, we got our advertisement in. Now let's release it. Yeah. Now it's okay to just like let the floodgates go. Let's flush our stocks. Yeah. Let's get that sold. You can't tell me that a solid state device like like I can see them having production problems with Wii U's, having to get screens or or the Switch. They have the new the the, mm, the, yeah. the Switch has the capacitive touchscreen now. Mm-hmm. Maybe those are hard to get you know, I can see maybe, There's an ar- there's an argument you can make for yeah, those. But for an, for the NES Classic, there is no excuse. It's a solid state PCB covered in plastic. Yep. Okay? There's can't get simpler than that. You had enough. Mm-hmm. You made enough. Where are they? You know, it's yep. like, oh, we, uh, you know, and then you, Reggie fils me is on, you know, whatever going, oh, we, uh, we you know, underestimated the demand. Will you shut up? You did not underestimate. Yeah, bullshit. They, they've underestimated the demand for the past fucking 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> by for this, everything. By this time, we're keen to your crap, Nintendo. Yeah, so. and, that's, and that's all it really is. It's a promotion to say we underestimated the price because they want, they're trying, in my opinion, I think they're trying to recreate the, what happened with the Wii. Yeah. You know, with the demand that happened with the Wii. Totally. Mm-hmm. But the Wii, they were everywhere. I don't remember. After a while, the, they were, there was a shortage at the beginning. Yeah, okay. There was a shortage, but then, then it got flooded. Because eventually, then it got to the point where it, it didn't. Then you could pick up a Wii everywhere. Yeah, Because right, everybody right. was like, uh, because everybody wanted to do yeah, the... Yeah, at um, first it was hard. But it didn't last long. Yeah, because everybody, after th- after like three or four months, people were like, where are the games? <laughs> Dude, where are the games, man? Okay, we're, we're, I do you know, remember that. Yeah, this is fun. It's like okay, you know, now people are like scratching, going online, you know, looking at things like okay, I see this Wii Fit thing coming up there. Maybe we'll buy that thing, you yeah, know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> they were jonesing for games. Yeah, it's just like, and you know, the reason we're complaining about it, I, I wouldn't even, I don't know if we're complaining about it. Maybe we are, but uh, you know, we we have a long history of Nintendo. We love Nintendo, mm-hmm. and it annoys us when they do like dumb stuff. Yes, and, and it's continuing to be dumb, and in some cases even worse and i think we're bringing that up because we're starting to see this reflected a lot in the switch yeah in this current presentation and what what we've seen previously the same the marketing is pushing into it you know but i'm you know i gotta tell you i uh i i was personally affected when satoru iwata died like when i heard that news i was like i was very very sad about that because he was like the that he he was that kindly face of Nintendo. He had just that very kind looking Japanese, you know. I guess that's true. I can that, see that. That mm-hmm. he just, he like, he was that face. He embodied Nintendo and their fun and mm-hmm. their joy. And he was a devel- He was a game developer. He moved up from game development. He was, you know, he was a guy. He played games. Mm-hmm. He made games. And now he's the CEO. And what other CEO of what company do you remember goes on, the, you know, he was on, he was in every Nintendo Direct. And yep. it, he didn't have somebody else. He, I'm Satoru Iwata. I'm the president of Nintendo. Here's so-and-so to tell you about our games. It wasn't that. It was him. Yep. He did it. You know? And he would always do that thing with his hands, direct to you. And he, would, <laughs> he, he had his mannerisms. And he mm-hmm. had, it was like, you just, that was 
warm and cozy and comfortable, and I liked that. And it, like, it reminded me of things like Mario and Nintendo and just it did smiles and happiness and childhood and these, you know, nostalgia and these things. Mm-hmm. It, it wad- didn't feel like marketing. It didn't feel like that. It felt like this is the not the brand, but like like you said, it was Nintendo. It's how they felt felt good and traditional. Yeah. Of and how it and was. that was Iwata. genuine. Yeah, and like no other CEO comes out and like you know uh, Tim Cook will come out and he'll say here's our bar graphs and here's how great yeah. we are and here's all this thing. <laughs> Iwata was talking about the games. Yeah, he was like, oh, we hope you look forward to this and we hope you're excited about this. We're really excited about this and blah, you know and always like just he I can't think of another CEO that would come out and do that personally himself. And then he had those uh, like basically there were podcasts called Iwata Asks where he mm-hmm. would he I've never heard. Of yeah, he would personally interview like some game developer. Like he would uh, interview, uh, you know, the Smash Brothers developers and say, "So how's the game progressing?" And tell hmm. people about it and do these. It was him, man. He I did, did not all, know any Yeah, of he did all existed. these things, you know. And then, you know, on the flip side, on the American side of that, is Reggie. You know, so uh, you you know you always look forward to seeing uh, Iwata-san and Reggie together. And oh, here's E3, and here's a you know, or here's a Nintendo Direct, or here's something. But this Switch one. You know, the first thing that Kimishima, the new guy, is the first thing that comes mm-hmm. out, and he's just, you know, he's in that tie, and he's just, he looks very traditional Japanese businessman. Like, mm-hmm. I am here, I am the CEO, and this is my company, and I, we apparently produce video games, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to now. I'm going to talk to you about these games that are played with videos. Yeah, here's some people. Now, that may not be the case. That I may know. just be an impression I'm getting, but that's. Comparatively, that's to the, the first two, that's thing what's... I noticed right away when I watched this presentation. I'm like, damn, I miss Iwata, you know? Mm-hmm. That just sucks that he's not here for this. And then I started to see all of this weird, you know, all the. What amounts to tech demos, you know? All the, mm-hmm. like, oh, here's all the weird things it can do in these tech demos and all this. Thing. It just, what, like, it was just, it was awkward to me. It was weird to me. Like, this is like making video game systems. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, show the game, show this. And the same thing is, there was a lot of talking, a lot of distribution. Another example I like to give into this in terms of not even just tech demo, but like how they presented it. For example, how they, the, the amount, I would call the production cost they did. To produce the trailer for the one-two switch game. Right. Have you seen a screenshot for the game? Right. Yeah. They it was all it, it was, was all produ- people standing. It was people standing because they did that like really high production thing with the two cowboy the cowboys. guys yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they did what I'm assuming are going to be reproductions of what you're going to see in the video game. Right. But they didn't show the actual game. Right. That's true. It's like they spent all this money to do this reproduction, but I don't know what the game is. <laughs> right now, it just seems like it seems to me like it's going to be. I just see these live action people doing a weird rendition of what may be WarioWare 2. <laughs> you know what? I was saying that to my wife. I'm like, Man, they could make a bomb-ass version of WarioWare for this mm-hmm. system with all those different things it seems to be able to do. They, they like you got a capacitive touchscreen, you got these Joy-Con. Like, there's a whole bunch. There's so many different configurations mm-hmm. for the system. Man, you can make a really good WarioWare game because I love the WarioWare for Wii. Yeah, you know, they, like it was a fantastic version of that game, and just like game after game after game. This one you have to hold it this way, and it had those like weird quick dude slide slide this way, or like serve. You got to serve the plate. Yeah, you know, and like stuff those like that. are excellent, excellent uses of those. That motion. was a clever use of that motion controller yeah, and how it was but, designed. But that's a one-off. That is a one-off. So that's you know, there's like a it's a double-edged sword. It's like man, it's cool that they can do all this stuff, but at the same time, it's like. You also want it to be a traditional game system. And that's a, that, that is one of the things I will say, going back to what I'm saying, is gamers want a traditional gaming system. They want the traditional. Their people are comfortable 
with here's the controller, here's the button layout, here's how we go, and then you know you've got your platformers, you got your our first person shooters. You got to have things that cater to those genres that people are used to. Right. While Nintendo does have that, they lo- I think they lost a lot of that ergonomic of being able to hold a nice controller in their hand for, for in favor of the nunchuck thing yeah. or the Wii Waggle stuff because they're trying to incorporate both. Mm-hmm. They never just went in and just made an ergodynamic, perfectly fitting controller. Since the GameCube. Right. That was the one where it was like, oh, you just, you know, you'd put the GameCube controller in your hand, except for that X button. I always hated that stupid, <laughs> the yellow button up there. I always hated how they positioned the, uh, that thing. Wait, wait, the, um, I forget oh, which the C-stick. button it is. The C-stick? You're talking about the yellow C-stick? Maybe the C-stick. I, forget. I thought there was some button in the corner on the GameCube. There was uh, the green, which was B. Which oh, I totally was, forget. I didn't own a GameCube. I only played it. The so. green was A. The smaller red was B. And then there was the C stick, and then Z, L, and R. Mm-hmm. I forget there, what it had, is. There, was there, wasn't, there wasn't a right analog stick. Yes, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a right analog stick, which is fine. But no, but I thought there was some little tiny button up in the corner a that Z, I had to hit. Z. Was it the Z? Maybe it was Z. the Z It button. was that purple button. Yeah, I think maybe that was it. Yeah. If I saw a picture of it, I probably would be able yeah, to see I have, it. I, have, I hated trying to hit that stupid thing. I have four wave birds, and I play GameCube all the time with my kid. I should know this, but I don't. But yeah, I, I, the, the purple one in the top right corner is mm-hmm. C, and then L and R behind it. And then um, big A, little B, and then the C stick, like camera, basically. Yep. And then... And so that, and that's what I miss about Nintendo is they would make something that's like they would take the tradition of the let's just make it feel good as a gamer in the standard position. A lot of people uh, bagged on the N sixty four controller. Would you agree with that? Chris? Yes, and I was one of them. Yeah, okay. I actually was one of them. Uh, actually, Nabogasawara that you saw probably out there used to actually be on EGM. He he tried to dub and coin the term the the ape hanger. <laughs> He called it the ape hanger. I always remember that. Um, I called it the freaking bear claw. I would just take it. I would hold it. And I would, would like claw people at it yes. because it looks like it's got the three pronged thing. Yes, yes, I could see that totally. <laughs> that that I agree it was actually one of the first times where, in my opinion, a controller went wrong. Yeah. For Nintendo now, despite the fact I'm sure there's go- about 101 Goldeneye fans right now going, "What are you saying? Yeah, what's the matter with you, dude? Um, you know what? I never had a problem uh, with the N64." Controller. Although, if the, the only time I didn't like it is when I tried to use the D-pad. Mm-hmm. I, I I was always uncomfortable using the D-pad because holding it like on the wide, yeah, on those two outside handles was mm-hmm. like awkward. But to hold it in the center with the analog and then use the yes. two buttons, I never really had a problem with that. That never bothered me. I played many hours of Mario 64 mm-hmm. without any sort of issue with that controller. So it never really bothered me. The only time it ever bothered me was that D-pad, but that, there were so many few and far between yep. N64 games that even really utilized that. So it exactly. never, never became an issue specifically. I really hated it also when they utilized both. Like Goldeneye for choosing items and stuff like that. And I always hate it because I'm like, eh, eh. Oh, you know, okay. I would always have to reach so, for So, yeah, I never stuff. played Goldeneye, so that's probably why I didn't hate the controller so much. Like, mm. mostly for me, it was like, you know, Mario 64, Wave Race, um, F-Zero X, um, mm-hmm. you know. That Smash I, Brothers. Yeah, nothing really using the D-pad that much that really bothered me. But then uh, GameCube came around, and I realized that I did have a problem with the N64 controller, and that was the analog stick. Because mm-hmm. once I used the GameCube analog stick, I'm oh, like, whoa, good. this is way better. Because it was positioned in the right way. Yeah, and there's actually a mod kit where that you can get of a GameCube 
analog stick that you can transfer into your N64. Replace, oh, really? Replace your N64 analog stick with a GameCube analog stick. There's a mod kit out there oh, where you gotcha. can do that. Yeah, so if anybody out there wanted to, you can just Google that. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely something you, if you hate your N64 controller and wish you had a GameCube D-pad, I never bothered doing it, but you certainly can do it. Because now I just play Mario 64 on the mm-hmm. virtual console, on yep. whatever. So, yeah, it never really bothered me. But I will give props to the Wii U. Uh, and that is, um, although the Wii, like we said, didn't really have a traditional controller, um, the Wii U gave you that touchscreen controller, yeah. which, but when you use that, mm-hmm. it's a traditional controller. Although your hands are far apart and there mm-hmm. is a giant screen in it, the actual layout of where the analog True. sticks are and where the buttons are. And originally I actually called it and I commended them for doing that when I first saw the Wii U because when I first finally saw that button layout, I actually said, you could tell they were trying to say to third parties, here, now it's easier to yeah, port your game it's, over. It's just, yeah, you were talking <coughs> about that earlier and that's what I was trying to get around back to that. Well, they sort of did that with the Wii U, although there was a giant screen in it and it was a little yes. bit heavy and your hands were far apart. It was a traditional in the sense of the layout of where mm-hmm. all the buttons were located and everything. But um, yeah, the Wii, you never really got that. I will say that I do play um, 8-bit NES games with the Wii remote turned sideways and that doesn't really bother me. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. That works for me. I, well, I could see that with the Wii remote because um, it, in many ways, if it turned sideways... They, and it was just like the NES classic controller. Yep. And so and it was just the two buttons, the D-pad, start and select. Yeah. That so was it. It was very minimal. If you take that jacket off of it, the uh, the, the the TV, the anti-TV murder mm-hmm. um, uh, sleeve off of it. Some people call it a condom. I don't know. Yeah, call, we call it a condom yeah. here. Yeah. So if you take that off of it um, and hold it sideways, it's it feels close to a mm-hmm. classic nest pad it, it, yeah it doesn't really bother me but for playing like you know i played all of super mario galaxy with it i played all of super mario galaxy 2 you know with the nunchuck yep. and the remote held the you know the way they want you to hold it and everything and you know it's fine it's an okay input method but i always would prefer just to have you know yeah. just a standard you know i just want to play with the classic controller but at 70 bucks on the Switch, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I might be willing to give those Joy-Cons a second try, you know, because <laughs> I, yeah, that's just... Because you have to at some point. And that's the other thing, when they sit there, they have to make the the name, the Joy-Con. Why can't you just call it controller? Yeah. You got to make it some dub dub thing. I mean, and I'm not trying to toot Sony Sony's horn with this. One of the things is their controller, since the freaking PS2, has been the DualShock. Right. Very rare, very rarely there's like been changes. I mean, they added the little button here with the main screen, or they, they did that poor, uh, weird motion control pseudo thing that they did yes. before when they were trying to like uh, rip off the Wii when yeah. everybody thought that was going to be the biggest thing. What and they're that? like, oh, uh, wait move. a minute, no one really cared. Move? Yeah. PlayStation Move. Oh, no, PlayStation Move was something separate. They actually had something in, I think it was a DualShock 4 that had that, where there was actually a gyro in it, the controller. Oh, was that the 6-axis? The 6-axis, that's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, okay. I yeah, was, yeah for and that kind of like went the way of the Dodo. I think it may still be in there. I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but well, does the DualShock Four have? I don't know. You can write in and tell us we're, that you know we're old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember. You old? It's of course it's. You no, know, we, we you know we're old. We don't know. Yeah, we are old. We don't know and stuff like that. And heaven forbid we should. You know, I'm looking at this phone here. You know, I could Google search this and find out. But that's too easy. It's yeah, better to much was, yeah. much easier to complain about. If only it. yeah. If only we had a device. Yeah, you, the, you, that could get that could give us information on or per a request. Young people already have the information up on their phones right now. 
And they're yelling and at they're, us. And they're making fun of us. Oh, totally, you know, completely. It's old guys can't even. I'm not. I can't be bothered to pick up a phone. There's <laughs> a series and stuff talking to me. You know, <laughs> I have to talk to it. What does she know? I don't want to talk to a computer. <laughs> so you uh, you had mentioned um, your history with Nintendo going back. Oh yes. What made you? What's what's making me specifically upset? You know, regarding my history with Nintendo, and then we got away from that. That's right. That's going way back there. Well, and I was going to bring that up because this is the thing is I'm, in many ways, and it's probably already coming across this there, a lot of people when I talk to, like, especially I have older friends from EGM, like Phil Theobald or something like that, if I ever talked about that, they always say, you're just a Nintendo hater. I'm like, no, I'm not really. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the reasons why. And I said, because I love the NES. Love the NES. It was great. And then when the Super Nintendo came out, oh, my God. God, yeah. that was beautiful. And I was just playing that and everything there. Beautiful games, beautiful sound. They did it right. They fell apart N64 when yeah. PlayStation came out. Yeah. That's when I that's when I saw Nintendo was rearing its ugly head. And maybe a lot of your audience wouldn't even know how Nintendo was. Games were so expensive back then. Yeah. You know, people are complaining now that games are starting to become $59.99. That was the average price of a Super Nintendo game yeah. was between $59 to $69.99. Yeah, 70 bucks for, like, yeah, high-end. Yeah, so super. I think I mentioned before, Super R-Type, just a side-scrolling shooter, was $69.99. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So, if you still might have like your EB Games price tag on your old box that might yep. say it on there, but yeah, they were they were pricey. But uh, there was a time when um, CDs came around. Yes, that so, was a big transition. So that costs less than building Way a cartridge. Less. So now the games can come down a little bit. Yes, but then Nintendo decided in their infinite wisdom, no, we don't want to. Yeah, we're going to stick to cartridge, and we're going to make the N64 cartridge based yeah and that's when everybody all the beloved companies your square softs and everything they leapt off because they couldn't well that was the whole reason why final fantasy 7 went off to um uh playstation was because they could not do it feasibly on the n64 anymore right because not just the technology but also the cartridge that they get they just yeah. could not hold the there's memory enough, for yeah it. there's not enough memory the um why do you think was it fear of sony what do you mean? Why? What do you mean? Why, why? Why would they make a decision like they were? They were number one. My oh, I they can tell you exactly dog. why. And when mm -hmm. when Genesis came out, they didn't waver. Mm -hmm. They were still the top dog. I can tell you exactly why. No, they were still the top dog, and why they didn't waver from that is very, in my opinion, very simple. Um, and it still is today that exists. They have a lot of contracts involving uh silicon. Mm. They have a lot of deals with like you know with like silicon mines and stuff like that. This is one of their their primary product that they sold was not video games was actually selling the cartridges to third party licensees yep. to doing that. That's where they made the bulk of their money. Right. Was there? It wasn't Miyamoto and his amazing Mario and stuff like that, <laughs> and things like that. And that was actually I remember at, at the tail end talking to some of the software companies. One of the things they complained yeah, about pretty um, shady. Yeah, pretty shady, and like when, um, but not just pretty shady, but they were talking about all the differences. We've had the discussion before yeah. about like the the kit, you know, where it was like this ginormous tower versus like the Sony Plit kit, which is like this tiny card you would insert inside your computer <laughs> yep. for the development kit. But then there was other things, just like even in marketing. I remember they were really upset when Donkey Kong Country came out. Because um, a lot of companies, a lot of third parties made a lot of games, and all Nintendo did, particularly in America, 
was focus their advertising on Donkey Kong Country, right? Not the system sales, and that's not advertising the system. And so what happened is they couldn't they get they couldn't make the sales because nobody was buying the systems. They were just buying Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> so, but anyways, going back to what you're saying, that's why Nintendo stood with it because that again, old fashioned. They don't these these people don't want to change. Yeah, this is where they made the bulk of the money. They don't make money on CDs. They make it on cartridges. Right. And this is well, why I remembered that. I remembered reading uh, at some point that. You know, if you wanted to make games for the for Nintendo mm-hmm. systems, they supplied all the shells of the cartridges. Yep. They supplied all the PCBs. Yep. All the chips, and you could only get it from them. And, and the I way, believe if you want to make a- games, you got to buy the carts from us. Exactly. And you're only allowed to make this number of games per year, which is why Ultra Games was formed. If you remember. Oh yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can only make this amount of games. We get this amount of cut. You can only buy the cartridges from us. That's how they were number one. Exactly. And they were number one for doing it because they were that's where they were making their money hand over fist. It wasn't just the game, it wasn't just the console sales. It was to the third party licensees. Their draconian policies. Yeah. Toward their third Well, it's party. kind of like often it's 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 one of those things you have to look. They were so massive at that point, you had to realize where they really make the money. There's always the joke, I said this, and I kind of laughed because apparently there's a, a book that um, also uses this same exact analogy, which um, the president of McDonald's Corporation used to go around and ask people, what business am I in? Mm. And what would your response be? Food. You'd say food. No, they're not. Their primary business is real estate. <laughs> okay. They sell franchises to people. That people who own those individual things, theirs is food sales and they, going back and back They're and in forth. the food business. But McDonald's themselves is real estate, the land that appreciates under there. That is their business. Same thing with Nintendo. Theirs is selling plastic and silicon. That is their business. <laughs> now, how they're doing it is they're selling it in the form of video games and stuff and to the third party and stuff. And that's why they were very reluctant to that. That's why when they did the GameCube, they at least put they encased it in that plastic cartridge, so they at least had something there. Yeah. But what saved their asses was the Game Boy continuing, the portables. That's why that never changed to disc or download, really download focus or anything. Right. That's remained cartridge based mm-hmm. for the same exact reason. So they could still continue to sell those cartridges. Yeah. And you know, back then you got stuff like the um, the Super Game Boy. Yep. The Game Boy Player mm-hmm. for GameCube. I just don't see those type of peripherals appearing anymore. Nope. You know? Well, it's kind of hard to do actually. Any of these now. Back, but anything that's like backward compatible, just uh, digital now. Everything's digital yeah. and just like <laughs> download the stuff from our virtual console and do it as many times. Every time we come out with a system, download it again. Oh, you know, I hate that. That's Especially going when we're going to Switch, we'll talk about that later. That's actually something I have a big beef with, with their online service yeah. uh, and that. But, um, but also, I did want to stress that the opposite end of this, Sony, I remember their actual deal that they offered um, to the uh, third parties back at the PlayStation 1 was each game costs you, each, each printing of the disc was 10 cents. Mm-hmm. Was something like that. And... They would sell you the disc. You know, each disc was ten cents for production. The cartridge was like something like twenty dollars, thirty dollars per cartridge, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah, for each disc, it was ten cents. And on top of that, Sony offered to reimburse you for all of the CDs that didn't sell. Oh wow! 
I, how that could you I pass know. that up? Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that. How And that's the third party. Like, how could you pass that up? And you know what's like the the really funny irony about that is PlayStation is Nintendo's fault. I love that. It's poetic. <laughs> it's poetic too. And it's funny because it's also ironic because this is also what happened with Atari and Nintendo. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, what happens. So uh, to talk about the history, if you wanted to say it or I. Go ahead. Okay, uh, long and short, the PlayStation was originally a Nintendo product. <laughs> Sony, um, they went to Sony and wanted to make the Sony CD-ROM. Yeah. And Nintendo, and so Sony started developing it, and they started putting more and more features. And they're like, they looked at Sony, they went to Nintendo and said, look at this thing, we can make this thing really amazing. Yeah. And it was originally called the, the, the Nintendo PlayStation. Right, yeah. Um, and just Nintendo went, no. I don't know what their reasons are. I mean, well, I think it was we just outlined it there. They wanted to stick with carts. We're just going to stick with carts, guys. Stick with carts or possibly money. The production cost of the system. Oh, it can do all these things? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe. You know, that could be that, knows? too. Or maybe Sony wanted a bigger cut. I don't know. The I don't think story, so. The true story might be documented out there somewhere. We don't know. But the point is they didn't do it. Yeah. The point is and they didn't follow it up. And, and Sony said, well, shit, what do we do? We've got all of this beautiful technology with it. And now we're left in the open. What can we do? Oh, I got an idea. <laughs> that was Let's no try and recoup our costs. Yeah, that was a no-brainer, man. Um, well, and it's fu- and it's funny how many times this happens in the gaming industry. As I said, the NES was originally brought to Atari, yeah, uh, because they didn't want to market it. Yeah, a big mistake by Atari. And then one of my other favorite ones is uh, for Blizzard, that company Warcraft. Have you ever heard the story of that one? I'm not sure. Tell me. Uh, well, you know, of course, Blizzard when they first started out, they did things like you know um, the Lost Vikings and stuff right? like that. Black sure, there, sure. But the group of them. Was um, they were Warhammer fans mm-hmm. of War the tabletop uh, yep. playing game, right? And they wanted to make a video game version of it, mm-hmm. and so they went and they made a video game. Then they went to um, Games Workshop, showed them it, and said, "What do you think of this? We wanted we want to license this game. Do you want to do it? Nah, <laughs> we're not interested in it." And they were like, "Oh my god!" And they said themselves, "We have this beautiful engine we created, this beautiful RTS thing." So let's just at least repackage it. We'll call it like instead of Warhammer, we'll call it Warcraft. And they made a brutal story about orcs and humans, and they put it out themselves. And the rest is history. I had no idea. That's yeah. It started not, originally as a I Warhammer did, game. I did not hear that story. That's, yeah, it's, wow, that's something. And so that's the same case. Now it's ten times bigger, a thousand times bigger than anything Games Workshop will ever be. That is so <laughs> funny. Well, sad for them, but yeah. it's too bad. Um, yeah, it's just. Um, it's really, it's really fascinating to watch this whole thing unfold. I mean, it's only been, like you said, like a day yeah. with this whole Switch thing. But it's just like, it's really just, uh, uh, like from, from, the, from the initial re- reveal with that weird commercial like we mm-hmm. talked about. And if you haven't seen this commercial, you don't know what we're talking about. Just look up Nintendo Switch commercial yep. on YouTube, I'm sure. Would it be commercial? Yeah, well, that's okay. really what I it was. Okay, it was, just, it was like a, a, f- a couple minutes commercial. And that's all they showed. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. And like all it did was leave everybody going, I have so many questions. Yeah. And that's all. That's we're, okay. We're you, done. You saw what it was. We're done. So. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's, this is what we, we revealed it. That's what we promised. And funny way, the, the, the most recent reveal, uh, the most press conference, still also left us with questions. Yeah, like I said, mean, all it all was was yeah, all the, these, here, here's everything it can do. Here's some third-party titles. And... Um, you know, what about uh, all the hardware specs that you haven't unveiled? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I read something really interesting on Facebook, and you'll know exactly what. It's got to be true. You'll know, well. <laughs> we we don't know. It's unconfirmed. Uh, the reason you'll know what it was is because it was uh, something I read on your wall. Oh, actually, I think I know what you're talking about, and uh, I believe you posted a follow-up link to that. Uh, Nob. Yes, Nabogasawara. Posted uh, something that said that um, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Wii U will run at 1080p. P. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Nintendo Switch Docked. in the dock will run at 900? 900p. Did and he and I didn't follow up with it, but I still need to see that. Nob also posted the link where it came from. The he source. posted the link, but I don't know if that source is verified. Like um, I looked, at the, I looked I, at the link and it just said what he said. Okay. I I will admit I have found other people commenting the same thing that there is going to be a variance in the um, yeah, whatever the resolution there, and that is it's it is known on the forums I've been doing. Pay people posted other links and stuff on Reddit, but now, I can't honestly say a hundred percent for the sake of battery savings mm-hmm. and for the sake of just the fact that the the um. What's the system called? Switch. Switch, thank you. What's the title of the... Right. Oh, yeah. Remember, right, yeah, Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, brain fart. Um, the Switch, um, the screen, the capacitive touchscreen, 720p. Mm-hmm. So for the savings of battery and the fact that the screen's only 720p, I can see it playing at 720p on the portable version. Yep. But when it gets to the TV... No excuse. 1080p. What's yep. going on, man? You know, especially if that's a downgrade from Wii U, how does that work? You know, and one of the things that I was really excited about is I heard now I I um, I just upgraded my video card. You know this. I posted mm-hmm. this on Facebook. I just upgraded my video card for the first time in many many years. It was long outdated. I needed to do this for a while, but I got the um, the GTX 1050 Ti. Sure. Yes, the GTX 1050 Ti. The cheap one, the the $150 one, because I'm not interested in paying $300 or $600 (laughs) for a video card. They came out with that real cheap one that still was like very highly rated and very powerful. Mm -hmm. I said, that's for me. I'm on board. I don't do enough gaming to warrant anything more than that. So I got this thing. Um, And I've never played Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 Mm -hmm. because my previous video card couldn't handle the game. Mm -hmm. So I played Xenoverse 1 like crazy, nonstop. I played every level and every battle over and over. I absolutely adore that game. But never had a chance to play Xenoverse 2. So I got this new video card a couple days ago. And I'm like, I can finally play Xenoverse 2. And then I hear that Xenoverse 2 is coming out for Switch. So I'm like, hey, I should get it for Switch. Then I can play it on a console instead mm-hmm. of having to worry about system requirements and dealing with, you know, because yep. you, you know I'm a more console-centric gamer than I am. If I yes. can get a game on a console, I'll jump at that chance instead of getting it on PC just because... Interfaces uh, for, and stuff for like me, that. For yeah. me, consoles are, are where it's at. I'm Although not, I will say that um, I the more I'm seeing that P, uh, the, the console, P, gaming consoles are... Our gaming PCs are getting very good and very compatible with being a almost a traditional console itself of hooking up to a normal TV just because they're using HDMI's and stuff you're now. Abs- yeah. And even controllers. You're absolutely right because I can play just about any game and just hit that button in the middle of my Xbox 360 controller. Yep. And it works with pretty much any game I play. 
So you're right. They are getting very much more. As long as you're getting got, closer. Yeah, as long as you've got your, as long as your video card is uh, two years, three years, two three mm-hmm. years, maybe old or yep. newer, and you've got an Xbox One or an Xbox 360 controller, or even like a DualShock Four now, I think will work pretty much with a PC game. Yes, Isn't that true? actually, yeah. that's yes, you can actually uh, use that with there because they actually because they're USB yeah. based, you can actually adapt so, that into there. I mean, you're right; it, it's getting better, and it's it's pretty close to. But the one of the things that consoles do that I always say this go this goes to the old argument of console versus PC, and the thing that actually a lot of developers love about consoles is, and this is getting to kind of the this is where the PS Pro and stuff like that are a bit of a problem right now. Hmm. Um, when you develop a console, you know what? When you develop a game for a console, you know the specs. Right. Those aren't changing. Right. The person in Australia will have the same quality as the same person here in America. And that's one thing. You could deal with those specs itself. With a PC gaming, you got to deal with different video cards, yeah. different, you know, you know, RAM modifications, this, so that, the other thing. We've developed this game with like these. Two or three video cards yes. in mind. There's really only two choices now. Mm-hmm. It's like ATI and NVIDIA. Yep. So I'm not that familiar with video cards, so you're more up on me. So. Li- no, I'm not. Do, trust me. Don't, I trust not. me. You are more <laughs> up on me than I, I am that lack. I am not. Yeah. I, I the don't fact know you named those two names are the two major ones. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's, that's as I understand, what that's pretty much where it's at now. These two major companies making them. So they're like, well, we've designed it with this card and this card in mind, mm-hmm. or like the three top variants of these cards. Now, when what, you say the design, is that, are you talking about Xenoverse? Any game. Okay. Any PC game. They're like, we've designed it, but you're right. You still have it. You have to keep, well, we have to make it compatible with this set of video mm-hmm. cards. So there's still more to do. Whereas, yep. like you said, with a console, everybody's got the same specs. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's easier. So where I'm going with the Xenoverse thing is right after I got the video card, I'm like, Xenoverse 2 time. Mm-hmm. And before I had a chance to go onto Steam and get it, I see that Xenoverse 2 is one of the Switch games. So I'm like, obviously, console, that's the way to go. And a yep. Nintendo console. Oh, that's your, Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo is my company. Okay. Mm-hmm. They've always have been. They're always going to be. The, and n- let's not forget, your first fighting, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z fighting game was on Super Nintendo. That's absolutely right. So traditionally, for me, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Right after this, I hear this 900 pre junk. Mm-hmm. With, you know, so I'm like, do I want to get Xenoverse 2? Because Xenoverse 2, I couldn't play it. So clearly, it's got some pretty beefy specs yep. that I needed to upgrade my video card to play this thing. I needed to upgrade my video card anyway. Mine was old. But the fact that, you know, this is the first game that I played that my my card was just like, nope. Yep. This is like, uh, like, I've been able to get away with other stuff and, like, it plays at 30 frames or whatever, mm-hmm. but it plays, you know. But Xenoverse 2 was the first one that was like, nope, not going to happen, dude. So I was like, okay, well, I, you know, it's finally time to upgrade. I think I'm, I'm kind of getting flashbacks now. I was like, I'm worried that your Xenoverse is going to have, like, the uh, built-in uh, Super Nintendo slowdown effect. That's what I'm afraid of, of, like, <sighs> that I shouldn't have that kind of fear on with a, a brand-new console coming out. Agreed. Like, you know, PS4... Xbox One, you're not going to have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to chime in here as a Skyrim fan. I don't know if you saw what I read or wrote. Or I wrote about that. I'm really concerned about when when they put Skyrim on there. When I saw Skyrim in the presentation, first and foremost, they said it was Skyrim, not the special edition. Yeah. Now I'm 90 percent certain they are. I, I they, they maybe they haven't fully 
They were just saying Skyrim, but they did not say Special Edition. So what's the difference? Well, a lot graphically spe- okay. uh, speaking. They, had, they, they just boosted the textures. They added all of these lighting effects into there. So you're worried that they couldn't. They couldn't, have- exactly. Okay. And when I saw the video of it playing, I said, that looked like the PS3 version. Yeah. It did not look like the the the, the new remastered the special vision. Yeah, the PS4. Yeah, special. there's okay. all this foliage and all this lighting effects in there, and that didn't have it in there, yeah. or it was very reduced on there. So, yeah. and they didn't, and they said it was Skyrim. They didn't say special edition. So I'm thinking exactly what you said. It's an older technology. I don't think they can do the special edition on there. So the problem I have with this is that now Bandai Namco might lose that you know quality I mean, they'll get it right back mm-hmm. you know, I, what i'm saying is the money now oh. they'll get it right back on the pc version if i buy the pc version but what mm-hmm. i'm saying is nintendo hasn't done enough to reassure us that this new system can handle the games that we want to play on it i agree and they, it's they haven't that this is the first time they've ever had that problem. all we have is this rumor that knob found on a website we don't know if it's true or not mm-hmm. but if it's not true, there is it, there is definitely a lot of other reports that are out there saying that. When I was on the forum, I posted this up up, up on a gaming forum, and other people have said we, this has actually been a known thing yeah. and has been reported here and here and here. So when I'm thinking about Xenoverse Two and when I'm thinking about Breath of the Wild, you always want you know I make ROM hacked repros. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want you. Know, I I am you a, want the quality. I am you a want stickler. the best. Yeah, I am a stickler for like they changed the cl- the the trees don't move in Contra. <laughs> I no. want the version where the trees move. Is it that big a deal? Does it affect the gameplay? No, of course it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I got robbed of that mm-hmm. out of the out of the American version. They took it out. They took out all the cutscenes. They took yep. out the map. They took all those things out. I want them back in. Why did they take them out? Because money or something. Because, because, because reasons. Yeah. So I want to bag in there. So of course I want to play Breath of the Wild in the best possible In the quality. perfect version of, of it. Of course I want to play Xenoverse 2 at 1080p and not 900p or whatever. Yeah. Now, is Xenoverse 2, it's Dragon Ball. Does it really have high system requirements? Well, apparently it does because I had to get a new video card for it. So it makes mm-hmm. me wonder, you know? It is what, very true. Should I... Pull the trigger on the Steam version, or should I wait and see until Nintendo has, you know, has cleared the fog Air off on the glass? That one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and let us see what's inside of this thing. You know, and get a um, get an we're Xbox probably going to have PS4 to, version. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. You know, I well, I guess they're down now to like 250 mm-hmm. minimum for like the basis basis model. Both. And let me, and let me put it this way: when when Xenoverse Two comes out, who knows what the price will be down to then? Yeah, because true. that'll be next Christmas if it comes out here at all. Yeah, actually, true. I think it might. So. Well, they had it in the American version of the presentations. So okay, then there you go. That, yeah, they were they're you know it's uh, it doesn't matter. They're all region free. So that is a good point. If it comes out in Europe, it'll be subbed, and I can get that one. You know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't even matter. So they uh, that's one plus. That's one thing that they yep. s- one step in the right direction. It's region free. Great. Great. Why why not have it be region free? Why not have all the old systems be? You know, there's no reason. No yep, reason yep. for it. The company's getting the money. Uh, I never understood it. Do you have an explanation for that? For why they do region, region locking? locking? Um, I think it was just as what you said. Her company's getting money so that somebody in America would be able to get that kind of amount of money. Like, say, if like this publisher takes a Japanese game and sells it over here, they'll actually be able to get the money for that publishing. So Nintendo it. or Sega of America, or even like a third party, for yeah. example. That's that too. That could be a service to a third party as well. Yeah. You know, it's not just Nintendo of them. Yeah. So. 
yeah, it's just it was always it's always been annoying. It's always been mm. it's always been breaking those tabs all out of the SNES. <laughs> yep. Or disabling that uh, that uh, Nest Ten chip. Mm-hmm. Or it's doing um, doing uh, putting a. Uh, putting an eraser head inside of your PS1 to hold the drive door open and to, to swap discs. Oh, yes, fast. the disc swap event. Yes, I do remember yeah. that. I actually have a custom uh, PS1 where I actually I, I swapped out the whole mold so it actually had a, flop, a flippable disc. Had a flip-top mold, yeah. The flip-top yeah. mold, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that mod. Um, I think I did it for a PS2 as well. But, but. There, yeah, there's a PS2 flip-top mod. There was the Saturn USA to Japanese Switch mod. There was the Dreamcast chip mod. They mm-hmm. all needed something done, and we all did it because we wanted to play those other region games because yep. you guys weren't releasing them. We can't rely on – this isn't just Nintendo. This is everybody. We can't rely on you guys to release the games over here that we want you to release. So mm-hmm. we have to mod your stupid systems to it's just a pain in the neck. And I'll actually say one on a personal note, particularly Nintendo, for a whole niche game that um, has a lot of us buggered and pissed off about <laughs> um, is um, a game from Tecmo called Fatal Frame. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, they well they did I don't know if you've ever heard like the updates and stuff like that but they did Fatal Frame one two and three for PlayStation and Xbox stuff oh my god it it got this cult following yeah love that series Nintendo like bought the rights to it okay but is still having Tecmo make it or bought some exclusivity thing with it and so the, the like Fatal Frame like the, like three, like I think it was like four and several other there was a couple other versions yeah. came out exclusively for the Wii and the Wii U, mm. and a lot of people, particularly in America, were really pissed because they never we want they wanted it brought out here, yeah. but it never could come out here because of the region locking. So that was a that was a really big deal. This will actually fix that. So, yeah. but what I in my opinion will fix Fatal Frame is putting on a real fucking console like it was originally on, <laughs> yeah. which is the PlayStation, where the original audience was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's... they They've always made questionable moves, which may have seen... I think Nintendo bought that, a Fatal Frame, because I think it was because it was a very adult game in terms of just, like, horror presentation content and stuff yeah. like that. I think that might have been their, their way of trying to, like, get away from the whole Nintendo... The whole... Like you said, you know, we do kid stuff Nintendo, or something like we're that. kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to get make away it not it. a kid system. Yeah. So, but it didn't, it eventually ended up just being, yeah, I died clearly backfiring on him. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't really established who this system is geared for, because as the commercial, the initial reveal told us, it was for like uh, 20-something mm-hmm. people who are... Board of parties. Who are social <laughs> and on the go. But yet not social because they're playing a video game. That's true. So we're we're unclear as to is it for is it for social people? Is it for not social people? Is it for addicts? We don't know who it's for. But then we watch the presentation, and then it seems more geared toward kids a little bit. But then it goes back to being geared for adults with the uh, with all of the different variations of control and the different and the certainly the pricing makes it very adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can't see like uh, Martin Alessi mentioned this. Um, he he's uh, the the founder of Little Little Player, Little Player. Magazine, mm-hmm. and of course he wants there to be games that are accessible to kids. And he says, you know, I can't see like you know a single parent being able to pick this up for their kid at a three hundred dollar price point plus another 
$50 per controller if you want to get second controllers. Mm-hmm. And That's then, a big you thing. Know, a $70 pro controller and all these different things. It's like, never really thought of that angle, but mm-hmm. he's right. And let alone, here's the other thing. When you constantly mention all these prices and stuff like that. And let's not forget, this is supposed to be portable for kids. <laughs> And that's the other thing that we were trying to get, uh, we were trying to talk about earlier. Like, does this replace the Wii and the 3DS? That's that's been a big question about the 3DS. If, if this what's, is replaced, yeah. What's the future of the three? We know the Wii U is gone. We know yes. that thing's in the dump. They discontinued that. I yeah. think I believe they're still producing 3DSs. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I'm positive. They okay, are. yeah. They're, the, the 3DS is absolutely. But one of the more interesting well. things that I don't know if you know, but apparently the home console division of Nintendo has merged with the handheld division. Oh, really? In Japan, yes. Oh. Or at least that's what I've read up. So. So. That's, and that, so, I mean, that's, that's a clear indicator. Yeah, that's, I would I, say. that's what I'm saying. And in my opinion, that's actually a good thing. More on that later. So, because like what I were, where I would envision Nintendo, the perfect Nintendo future, but. Um, yeah, they've actually kind of merged those uh, departments together. So go on. That's why they say that Nintendo is. Uh, this is not a home console system, mm-hmm. but they're not being clear of is this a portable? So. Is it a port- well, a docked portable system. Mm-hmm. I guess it's up for interpretation, really. Exactly. I guess maybe they're trying to say it's what you want. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I we're, guess that's the whole point of the Switch. Right. <laughs> the Switch to... Which, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, watch the uh, the video of the presentation. They constantly do this thing where they go, they like to switch and they will snap their fingers yeah, we're, we're, going to the next we're, thing. We're, we're, here is so-and-so to talk about this game that's coming out. or this. The, here is so-and-so, let's switch to him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that's funny. And then like after like the eighth time, you were like, hmm. Stop. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. Stop yeah. that. Well, I even did it in my uh, reveal of uh, this episode on Facebook when yes. I said I, you know, to switch to my podcast to find out my opinion. And now you know. Mm-hmm. My, my opinion. I think my response was that. And I think I recall my response was like, <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, go out. You said more on that later. What What are you? Oh, I guess Well, I was going to say the more on that later was just my envisionment of what I would believe would be a perfect Nintendo future. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, and I want, I was while hoping they were going to do this prior to them announcing the Switch. When I knew they were working on a new console, I was praying they were going to do this, but they didn't. So, now, whether this gambled is going to pray off to be better than what my theory, my perfect envisionment, because clearly I'm an expert at this, <laughs> is going to be that versus hey, you worked what they at were. HGM. Yeah, clearly, you yeah. You are an go. expert. Yeah. <laughs> I did, too. I'm I worked expert. at a magazine we are called both Expert Gamer. Yeah, so you are clearly... By definition, an expert. There you go. Exactly. And, uh, well, now, I didn't work for Expert Gamer. I only worked for EGM. Yes. So I don't know if I'm an expert. You are an expert I, of a different guy. You worked at EGM. But, uh, so that yeah, so our, our word is uh, pretty much, uh, we're right. And they're wrong. So <laughs> They're so, Nintendo, man. So that's it. They're, uh, yeah, we're, we're the experts. I mean, I could sit here and say, I'm a games analyst, you know, I, you know, I can self-proclaim myself anything I want really, you know, but um, really I'm just the guy who really loves Nintendo and wish they would do same. And that's exactly what my view is, is a big, it could be considered a fanboy wish, but this is what I've said a long time ago. If in my opinion, if they did their marketing, right, what they should have done, they've already done step one, getting rid of the home console division. Mm. 
That's my stance. Now, a lot of Nintendo fans are, when I originally said this a long time ago, like other Nintendo friends that I had, you know, oh my God, you can't do that. That's a legacy. They make great consoles. No, they don't. So you're basically uh, of the opinion that, and I have heard this opinion from a few other people too. My buddy John has been saying this for years. My buddy John in in Singapore says, um, start making games for another console. Yes. And I'm going to get to that because there's actually more to that. Here's because there is more to this idea because I want to I want to bring in to what people do like about Nintendo outside of just the games. Mm-hmm. And so more on that. But yes, that is actually where I was going to go th- uh, that is the biggest portion of that was to for them to go third party because what Nintendo does best. They I'm sorry, Super NES SNES days those were great. They were great at making consoles. They're not great at making consoles. They're great at making gimmicks at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. They are really good at, and to this day, they are still great at games. Making developed games, bug-free, solid with controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're good at the Mario Karts in there. Focus on the games. Now, what do you do with all of those resources? Like they said, they got rid of the home console, or in this case, merge it with the handheld. Continue doing handhelds. Mm-hmm. They're very good at doing handhelds for that market. I don't want one, but if there's a market for it and people love it, boom, let them enjoy it. Yeah. Here's the trick. Now, if they let's say they develop Breath of the Wild for PS4, right? And uh, they develop because I don't know if they'll do an Xbox One because <laughs> Microsoft Japan, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. although it would be smart for them to do both just for purely um, world's sake. But let's say they develop Breath of the Wild for both of those systems. Here's the trick. Let's say they install a little something in that game that gives you a little extra something where if you use your 3DS hooked up to your PS4. for Because they did that like, well, they, like, like the, the Tingle Tuner with the GameCube version yeah, you can, of Wind you can, Waker you can, and you stuff you like could, that. Uh, it was uh, Zelda Four Swords. Uh, yeah, the Wind Waker did it. Uh, interconnectivity between console and handheld. What if they put interconnectivity between their handhelds and the console systems. You have the entire built-in market that will promote your handheld now. Yeah. So. Well, we've seen, like, the first hint, and again, this is now the post-Iwata world. Yep. Kimishima's in now, and now we see Super Mario run. That's kind of already an interesting thing there, too, especially because I've been finding out where they did Super Mario run, and apparently it's, it did great in the beginning. Yeah. But apparently now it's like it's gotten like I I actually let me double check on that one. Mm-hmm. I heard it's like gotten like bombed reviews and everything <laughs> really? now. Like it's actually down to like l- like two or something like that. Let me double check that. Now I wonder what that's for. I wonder if it's like is it a technical issue or is it? Uh, I, th- I think or people, is it price? It might have been maybe the I know price in the, the beginning. ten dollars yeah, for I know the entire in the be- game. Yeah, right. Exactly. I remember you the only beginning. get the first level. Yeah, people in the beginning were really really bummed about that price point. And several people, friends of mine on uh, Facebook, they got into arguments about that too. Yeah. Well, what was interesting about that is, uh, you, do you have the game? Run? No, I don't. Okay. I uh, wasn't interested. I downloaded it. I was a little bit. I downloaded it, and then um, about a, maybe a couple weeks after it came out and I downloaded it, I then was presented with a survey in my email mm-hmm. from Nintendo, and it said, for future mobile games, what sort of price point would you be comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Basically saying like, oh, maybe we screwed up. 
and charge too much. Like that's what when when I buy a game and then I get a, and then I hear all these complaints about how it's too expensive and then I get a survey a week later from Nintendo saying, "What would you be comfortable with?" Oh, if that price? happened a week later, yeah, I could see that as a red that, flag. That says to me that we might be scared that we messed up here and charged yeah. a little too. Yeah. Uh, Mario this game. Mario Run right now looking at this is 3 stars. Okay. 3 out of 5. So what are people saying? Oh god, I shouldn't say. Let's see. Let's good point there. I don't know if I want to read necessarily the one stars. But. No, I'm I'm just interested in like, and I wish there was a way on um, the the app store that you could sort by star number. Yeah. Like, you know, give me like three. like here's a three star okay, one. Okay, go ahead. It says like, dear Nintendo, I don't see this game going anywhere if you make people pay ten dollars for the full game. That's outrageous. Some people just say that ten dollars is fine. But what about the uh, children that grew up playing Nintendo games? When kids got a new phone for the holidays and they were uh, disappointed that they had to pay money for the levels just to play the full game. This is also a money grab for parents to pay um, to play uh, to pay the money. Well, this also a money grab for parents to pay the money. I think Nintendo should lower the price or make more of the levels for free as the game updates. Mm. I still believe that this is a great game. But the, but it's one of the major issues that's getting people angry about your game that I wanted to bring up because you might as well sell the game for $10 and give people the full game if you're going to disappoint your fans like that. Yeah. I still think that your game is all good. You'll still make the there. The future is all good, but I just wanted to get your attention to the problem most players have with your game, including me. So I guess apparently it's the price. Yeah. And I had been hearing that for a long time that uh, people were like kind of annoyed by mm-hmm. the the $10 thing. And it is way too much for a mobile game. Like, you know, an endless runner yeah. on, the, on the App Store is like any 99 cents. Yeah, something like that. 99 cents a buck, yeah. you know. So, but again, this goes back to what I was saying before. Is this is this uh is this Kimishima? Is this the we're Nintendo? You know, we're Apple. I see we what you're saying. This is our brand name now. Yeah, this is us now. So we, we're going to charge, you know, whatever. That is a very good question and is a fear that I have. Because now they, they even reflected that a little bit in the Nintendo Switch commercial yeah. or in the presentation with Zelda. Yeah. But what's the game that everyone's talking about? What's the game? Oh, it's Zelda. You know, they, they at the end when they were talking about what's happening with Zelda, that's what people are really wanting to know. So they, they know yeah. the hype is there. So maybe they're playing. You might be right. They're maybe just trying to do the Apple thing now. Yeah. That we're special. That we you're gonna get you're and gonna get the quality brand name you expect from the Nintendo name. You know they're they're right when they say that that they are special. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, what you know while they're not anymore as po- you know they've been surpassed by Sony and Microsoft now as far as popularity yes. goes. I mean, if you're any twenty something gamer, that's what you have. Yes, you know. Um, I'm just an odd duck. I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pro Nintendo. They make a bunch of, we spent, you know, an hour and 45 talking about all the dumb decisions mm-hmm. they're making. I reckon, you know, I am not an Nintendo. I want them to fix that. Yeah. I'm not a blind Nintendo yeah. fanboy who's just going to defend everything. I love Nintendo. They are my favorite system. I love all their systems. I love the Wii for all its faults. I love the Wii U for all its faults. And I'm probably going to love the Switch, but, mm-hmm. but. Asterisk, you yeah. know, problems, things. Problems, you know, things, are, issues you know, I'm here. I'm not blind Nintendo fanboy. I recognize it's the same thing with Apple. You know, I have an iPhone. You know, it's fine, whatever. But Apple's same thing. You yeah. know, the Nintendo and Apple are very 
similar in a way. They're starting in a, to become very in a lot similar of ways in that respect. Now, yeah. you know, and it's just like it's. And so you have to ask a question: What is that balance now? Because before Nintendo, yeah, it was a brand name. They knew it and they did there. There's a couple of things here now. Is it that balance that they're just relying on the brand name and coasting? Yeah. Versus actually, actually doing the quality that they're used to doing. But but the app, Apple's doing that too. I mean, there are devices now that are added. Apple's behind as far mm-hmm. as like the technology and the improvements and the innovations. You know, they're behind. Notice it's after Steve Jobs passed away. It, by the way there you go See, this is where i'm going with this mm-hmm. it's like now here's this new guy and now things are changing real quick same thing tim cook comes in now apple's mm-hmm. not what they used to be now you know? be now it worries me because it's like a, an identical scenario and apple's going in a terrible terrible direction those new macbooks that are coming out with all the soldered in hard drives and the soldered in ram mm-hmm. and if you want i've been keeping one, up with that but i've been hearing bits and pieces of yeah that. it's it's awful now i was I was like a little bit familiar with it, but it wasn't until Danian really. Danian's very like up on Mac hardware and everything. Oh, that's that's good. So he about brought that. me. He brought that to my attention. That yeah, oh yeah, you do about the because I had talked about getting a new Mac laptop. I have like a really old 2008 Mac laptop yep. that we are recording this podcast. I was on. actually going to make a comment but, about that. But, yeah, where did that go? <laughs> but it's adequate. It's fine, you know. Yep. But I thought about upgrading because you can't. We talked about this before the podcast. You can't upgrade old Macs past a certain version of yes. Mac OS X. You can go up to, mine can go up to um, a Lion. Yours, you said, went, Panther, went, to, went to Panther. Yours is older. So you can't get the latest versions of software. So I can briefly considered maybe I'll get a new mm-hmm. MacBook. And Daniel's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> He's like, build, uh, build a Hackintosh. Mm-hmm. And I says, "What the hell is a hack?" I've actually heard of that. He says, "Well, you get a, you get a PC with uh, you you find a PC that has hardware that's compatible with Mac OS. That Mac OS looks for these certain types of hardware in their computers to identify themselves as Apple. If you can find a PC that has similar hardware specs, mm-hmm. you can then trick Mac OS into installing on a new PC. So you can get a copy of Mavericks and install it on a PC gotcha. with the right." You know, request. So it's called a Hackintosh. You can do it with desktops or certain laptops that work. He's like, do that. I'm like, well, what's wrong with the new MacBook? He's like, well, and then he started telling me about all <laughs> of the things they're doing. So I worry that, you know, it's similar. Well, you know. And one you- thing I want to bring up that you said, uh, when, I, when I say that Steve Jobs, since Steve Jobs died, that, yeah, the, the quality has been going there. And like, as you mentioned, Iowata, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were the hands-on only reason. Right. What I'd like to always say is, like, do you know, do, do I think uh, Steve Jobs is single-handedly the reason why the quality is there? No, I don't think he was there doing hands-on. But I think there was a lot of stringent rules that everybody obeyed and did not question because of him. Right, exactly. And stuff like that. And when he dies, like, okay, now I'm going to flex my laurels here because we're going to take our ideas, our fresh ideas, and make Apple even better. We're unrestrained because we don't have that. And there's probably somebody maybe at Iowata over and somebody in Nintendo was saying the same about Iowata, perhaps. Well, it's like, you know, he was really like, we're not doing mobile games. Mm -hmm. You know, he always said that. That is a good point. He's like, we're Nintendo. We do console games. That's what we're good at. That's what we've been doing. That's what Mm -hmm. we're going to keep doing. And if we if we fall, we're going to get up and we're going to do it right, and that's just what we're going to do. Now he's out of the picture, and a year Super later, Mario Run. Here's year Super later. Mario Run a year later, you know. So it was the same thing after Steve. Yeah, like, but like you said, is it just Iwata? Is it just Steve Jobs? No, Steve Jobs is the guy who, when Antenna, when Antenna Gate happened, was the guy who was like, "Well, you're holding your phone wrong. <laughs> that's not how it works, sir." So you know, he wasn't perfect, but. Definitely, like you said, some stringent rules are in place here, and he's looking down from wherever he's at going, do you see now why 
Mm-hmm. You know, do you see what's you know what's happening? Well, and it's kind of funny. That's actually what happened a long time ago with when they when they first brought Steve Jobs back because he was gone for a while, like back and in the, the two FX days. He, yeah, and then they're like, you know, the, the big running joke was, "What does two FX stand for?" Too fucking expensive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that. What an old joke. And that, was a, that was a Sendai joke because we used to say. I remember actually, that was a, that's been a industry joke. It's, oh, it, it not just said over by us. Well, that's so. where I first heard it though, but oh, I completely really? forgot about it. Like, what is that? Like, what is like? Because we would say, well, like, um, if you were um, a noob, mm-hmm. you had the, C- the CIs. The CI. C- I said CE. CI. But then it might be the CE. Was it CE or CI? I think you're right. Two CI. Yeah, I think it was the two. Two FX. Yeah. Those are the ones they had. But if you were Martin or Ken, if you were an old salt, mm-hmm. you got the DFX. Yep. And Eventually, the Quadra came out. Oh, anyways, that's right. That's thing, right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. But, uh, well, I remember some people got upgraded, right, to FXs because, yep. well, these Quadras are here, Martin and Ken, so you guys get these. Yeah, we got, we got the pass down get, FXs. Get this, <gasps> yeah, ooh, neat. Now I have how much RAM? Like 300 meg <laughs> instead of 80 or something? Like, it was ridiculous. I know. But uh, what I'm worried about is now, you know. Well, anyways, what I was going to say about that is the same thing. That's why they brought Steve Jobs back yeah. at that time because then that's when he invented the iMac exactly. and stuff to make it affordable for the consumer and stuff like that. Right. And put in those rules. And, and maybe Iowata was the same way. And now we have iMacs with soldered in hard drives and RAM. Yes. <laughs> so my worry is that Nintendo, you know, we're seeing like the early, here's Super Mario Run. Now, now we're doing mobile. Here's a $70 Pro Controller and $50 Joy-Cons. It's like mm-hmm. we're seeing these little steps in wrong directions, and I'm like, I'm worried about that, you know? And then let's not also forget a little bit of out-of-touch things, too. Something I mentioned that I was going to bring up before, their online policy. Oh, they're going to uh, free for a year? Free for then, a year until 2017. And then charging. And then charging. So and essentially they have one year to prove that they're worth it. Yep. And if they don't, they are screwed. And let's consider about eight eight of those um eight of those first months are going to be taken up by three games because that's all that's out. Right. One of which is Zelda that's not going to have anything online. Probably unless not. maybe some download thing they invent yeah. or something. Oh, there'll like be tons of DLC for it, but Anyways, I um I was going to say um the other thing that was an aspect to that to show how out of touch they were too was you heard of the "Quote unquote benefit you get, the game you can get with it, right? Oh, uh, um, a game that expires in a month. Yeah, and, it, and let alone it's a game that's for an NES or SNES for the virtual console, which you can just buy outright anyway. Download. Or, oh, and I I'll, would never. Sorry, I would never attribute to downloading games. I would attribute to that you should actually go if you wanted the games, you would buy it from virtual console or find a reputable person like Rad's Repro Shop that would actually <laughs> have sell you an, an interesting console version of that. So here's the thing, I bought Super Mario Brothers when it came out on cartridge mm-hmm. in 1985. Then I bought it again when it came out on yep. Wii. Then I bought it a third again. time when it came out on Wii U. Then I bought it a fourth time when it came out on 3DS. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of tired of, you know... Why do you think I was... Uh, when the Wii U came out, a friend of mine told me that, you know, Redondo, Rondo of Blood came out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't... He's like, come, it's on Virtual Console. Why don't you buy that? I'm like... I have it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe my turbo doesn't work, but I have it. I'm not buying it again. Now, we we are a rare breed of person that 
hoarded all this shit and hung yeah. on to it. And, you know, average guy is probably not going to have a copy of Rondo Blood laying around. But I, I'm just an example. I can understand, but at the same time, I already bought it. Okay, well, here's it. Let's let's just, let's just let's dial this back here and say, what about somebody who did buy Rondo of Blood on Virtual Console? Will he be able to play it on the SIT, on the Switch version? No. Exactly, and stuff like that. <laughs> and like you said, they're renting the other things. Like, they're, they already bought They have to rebuy it again. Yeah. You know, that's preposterous. Yeah. It's it's a shame. And, you know, this is what they were – they had been saying for a while that they were going to try and – we understand this, and we, we, we want to try and do something about mm-hmm. it. It never happened. It never happened. Wii U came out, and we still had to rebuy everything. You mm-hmm. know? And now here's the Switch. You're going to have to do it again, you know? Um, I have a Nintendo account, yep. okay? At some point in the Wii U and in the 3DS, I put in a, a username and a password, and I have some sort of account. Yes. I don't know what the hell it does, mm-hmm. but I have it, yes. okay? So it would stand to reason that you could put all the information about all the games that I purchased off of your online services. You, surely you have a record of this somewhere that you could attach to my account and then say, hey, Rad Price bought all these games on Wii, and then he bought them again on Wii U, and so let's not charge him on it for the Switch. You want to know who does that? Sony. And, well, of course they do, and and and. Uh, or in some cases, like for example, like when the Grand Theft Auto Three came out, or Grand Theft Auto is it three? Yeah, when GTA th- oh, no no um, five, five came out. Five. Uh, when Grand Theft Auto Five came out, if you bought the, uh, I think you had to do the, you couldn't do it with the console one. Sadly, that's the, if you just bought it with the console. But if you downloaded it, um, it would actually register to your file, and then when you upgraded to the PS4 version, it was only like a certain amount of money. Yeah. For that, I can see that. Yeah. But um, for the other things, like for example, Sony, for the games that you can download for their online service, that's permanent as long as you have the online service. But it's still permanent when you download them. Yeah. It's on that account. It's flipped on that switch. So. Mm-hmm. So that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. For a Sony console. Yes. Let's so... switch to Sony. But anyways. <laughs> that could that could become a meme. <laughs> You I just, didn't even think about that. You just made a meme. There you, you go. I think a, I you do. Know what? I'm going to switch. To Sony. Sony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I almost love that. We should do a fake commercial like that. Uh, yes. That we, actually totally would be a meme. We could totally do it, man. That's uh, So, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't even. Mm-hmm. That's all I really have to say. We, we love Nintendo. Yeah, we, we want, want we, them. We want them to do well we, for both our benefit and theirs. Yes. But... You know, we, we're afraid that uh, we've spent enough time in the industry to know what works and what doesn't. I mm-hmm. think I think we can be considered experts and, yep. you know, have a right to say, you know, we've been around since the beginning, man. Yep. We've seen it all. So believe me when I tell you that we this is going down a road that we, you know, we're. Yeah, that we're really concerned about the road that's going down. A worrisome road, a concerning road. And uh, one that we've seen before. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, several different issues on there. So and that was the other thing going back to. um. When I always said that, and the envisionment of what I would wanted to see Nintendo do, there was actually a second version I wanted to see them do. Yeah, which was the same thing. If they wanted to keep that home console version, supposedly Nintendo has buckets of money. <laughs> like, no, supposedly that's literally they have like just tons of cash, spare cash there. They could operate at a loss for God knows how long because they've got so much cash reserves. Okay, I forget what their estimates are. What I actually said, what if they actually invested it in an honest to God no gimmick home console system that would compete with the Sony and Microsoft because now the technology level of the Xbox and the place and the PS4 are coming down because before when they introduced 
the PS2 and the Xbox, they were operating at losses. Yeah. Or not necessarily the PS2, but the PS3 they did. They because they really boosted the technology, and Microsoft was just relying on their cash reserves mm-hmm. to operate a loss. Nintendo didn't want to do that. That's why they repurposed the GameCube hardware for the Wii U or mm-hmm. the Wii. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they they always tried to stay a step behind because that technology was cheaper, made financial sense at the time. Yeah, but you've got the you're money now. You're always a step behind. You're always a step behind, and it's starting to affect you. So shit or get off the pot. You Are you going to compete with Sony or not? <laughs> um, I'll give you a third scenario. Um, I said this to my wife when the, uh, when the NES Classic debacle mm-hmm. happened. I said, you know how Nintendo can make money and recoup losses from that Wii U? It's like you said. I like your scenarios. Mm-hmm. But mine is this. Um, just re-release the NES proper. Re-release a new NES re-release some of the car uh, release cartridges release consoles so are you telling me that if they didn't re-release the the NES and a whole bunch of the carts that this this whole country and and Japan and everybody everybody lose their shit Mm -hmm. if they were like you know what we're gonna just re-release the NES or a variant of it you know uh, my my first reaction is depends on the price point of the carts yeah it doesn't matter all I'm saying is like well, yeah, well, you're right. Well, of, you're, of everything, yeah. No, I'm not saying what you said doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter for my scenario. All I'm saying is, can you envision a world where Nintendo says, you know what, we're, we're rele- NES Classic did so well, we're going to release the NES. A variant of the NES that plays real cards, and we're going to re-release a whole bunch of cards. We're gonna, Mega Man's coming back. Mm-hmm. And and Contra's coming back. And, and uh, you know, Gradius is coming back. And Super Mario's coming back. And Castlevania's coming back on cartridges. With you know, like their, I would be care. I, I for me with their original artwork. People, uh, Nintendo fans definitely would lose their shit over yeah. that. So yeah, I would and say. The, but I would say for me, as kind of I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. But that's just me. Would, would but that, look at all the NES Classic fans. Would that they would? Would, they that would be, But I'm saying it did that, that NES Classic did so well in part because of the hype that we mentioned mm-hmm. and the shortage, if it's real. Um, but. Would that appeal to average Joe? Would that appeal to like you know old dudes like us, or even young folks who play the games on Virtual Console? Oh, on carts, you know? Would that be a thing? And then you know, they could take it a step further. We're re-releasing SNES, mm-hmm. re-release the SNES and a bunch of the carts. Not all the carts, not all the games. You know, I'm sure there's licensing and shit involved. That's hard to deal with some mm-hmm. of the red tape. I can see that. That's okay. You don't have to re-release all the games. But here's the SNES and 50 carts. Here's the NES and 50 carts. They don't have to be the original console. It doesn't have to look the same. It can be a variant. It can be... A new version of the cart, Something, maybe. yeah. If, they can if be- it was cost-effective enough, because I don't think I would pay anything more than a couple bucks for the, uh, the you know, those games. Yeah. I would pay virtual console price for the but, games. But we're, but we're talking about Nintendo. Mm. So, of course, those carts are going to be... Ten bucks. Expensive. Ten? Ten, twenty. I was, yeah, I was going higher than that. Yep. Because, because Nintendo, we're Nintendo, and we have that brand now. You know, Kimishima. So you're trying to give them ideas. You're giving the new guy new ideas. Kimishima says we're Nintendo, so we can charge this much. (laughs) I'm just telling you that, you know, how much is the console? How much are the games? I don't really know. I haven't figured that out. All I'm saying is when I saw how gangbusters that NES Classic went, I was like, why don't they just, if they want to make some dough, just re-release these systems proper. You know, forget forget Virtual Console and forget NES Classic. Forget all this, like, you know, virtual stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Just come back out with the games. You know people love them. People are buying them on Virtual Console. People, and like you say, probably because of the brand name, too. People love all these franchises. 
we're going to take it back to the beginning because it's been 30 years and these games are not in circulation anymore and you can only get them on eBay at inflated prices and all that. We're just going to re-release them and, and we're just going to turn everything upside down and destroy the scalper market and destroy Rad Repro. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What does, do, you, do you think they could make some dough off of that or they would make some dough off of that or they would that appeal to is, an average is, Joe? Is, is, is. Because I'm seeing the Nest Classic I, I, well, I should say I'm not seeing the Nest Classic, right? Mm-hmm. So, what what I'm saying is just release the consoles proper with some with with like a, a, a library of fifty, maybe a hundred cards. Not all. Depending the on the as I said, depending on the price points. And actually, I will give you the evidence also for that. Like you say, the NES Classic is one example, but also look at things like Galloping Ghosts and stuff like that. Yeah, just even arcades. Uh, could they make money? Yes. The question I would ask is, how much would they make? Right. So, um, if uh, if well, they, the, un- you, if- you bear in mind that we're talking about solid state stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two PCBs, a system, and a cart. You know, mm-hmm. that's all, and then some plastic. <laughs> you know, there's nothing there. They could they could make these. They already have the programming done with the game, so it's so, already the thing. So, so dang cheap, and you dump some ROMs on some carts, and you're done, man. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and I'm gonna say. Here's, depending on the marketing, I think that's a cool idea. That's a good gimmicky idea. But there's going to be that guy at Nintendo, whether it's the new guy or not, and says, well, why don't we just make it download only? Obviously, you're going to want to say, I want that experience of the cartridge and stuff like that. Yeah. But the guy is say, well, will it be worth producing all of that plastic and silicon to be able to save for that? Or will it save all that money by just making it download accessible? Yeah. Will, we say, will, we, will that make it to a broader audience? And would we make Would we sell five games... Download versus one cartridge. I'm banking on the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where I'm putting my money. When and I, that's when that's I why I'm curious. I, I'm not saying it's not going to be there. I'm just curious if a big businessman would be able to see the nostalgia factor being profitable. Yeah, this is my business. That's my question. This is my business proposal to you, Nintendo. Do mm-hmm. you see, as a business, you know, a businessman? I'm not a businessman. I'm a guy who likes video games. Yep. So I don't know shit. You're the guy wearing the tie who is going to make the call. You know, do you see the nostalgia that we spent two hours just talking about? You know, do you understand the... Uh, there is see, a market for this. What, yes. uh, there what, is passion what, for what, what, do you say, what do you say to that, Nintendo? You tell me. And, you know, I'd just be interested to hear that answer. Re-release the NES and re-release the SNES or some variant of them in hardware mm-hmm. form because you're taking out, you know, all the, the eBay markets... You're taking out like you know scalpers. You're taking out that stupid VGA grading crap. <laughs> you're taking oh god, I can't stand that Wait, stuff. Which See, one's VGA grading? That's those jerks on eBay that sell games for like seven hundred bucks, like hermetically sealed in a in a plastic thing. Oh god, and, no, and, I never and, heard of these yeah, guys. And it's, okay. and it's and it's graded. You know, oh, we've graded this this. Oh god, they're trying blah, to turn blah, blah, it into blah. this like special like you know we're the Franklin Mint of video yeah, games oh, type yeah, thing. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and then they so here's a copy of Mega Man. In its original box, in we're going to have its authentic certificate of authenticity. It, they and have stuff. them. God damn and they're, it! And they're inside <laughs> of plastic. Now, here's the thing that makes me the most mad about it. Here's a copy of Mega Man in box, in its original plastic wrap, inside of a in a, in a sealed box, given a VGA grade, and put on eBay for seven hundred bucks. Nobody can play that game. 
That's a game that's, you know, like, you're not going to, like, I, here's my idea for a great YouTube channel. I buy VGA-graded games. And, and then smash it open and, then, and play it? And then, then destroy them. <laughs> Dest- uh, you know, this is my YouTube channel. I buy these stupid things from these guys on eBay, and I make back, I make back that $700. If I had more money than cents, I could see that. I, I make back that $700 I paid that VGA-grader in advertising revenue on YouTube oh, in there you five go. minutes. Yep, there you go. If you that's do that, my, then yeah. yeah. That's my YouTube channel. I make that money right back, and then I use it to buy another VGA-graded game until they're all gone off of eBay, and I've shot them all with shotguns for my YouTube channel. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, I like your idea, too, of taking them out and playing them. That, that's mm-hmm. a good idea, too. Mine was a little more extreme. but uh, you know. No, I liked it because, it, honestly, you'll get more hits on there because who wants to see you just take them out and just I play t- it? I'm going to take this. Like, I opened it. Now I'm going to play it. That's boring. Yeah. You shoot it with a shotgun. That That's gets, funny. You that find gets, creative ways to do that. that like, here, I've got a hydraulic press. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So I just, I just, whoever takes my idea and runs with it, just mention my name. That's all I ask. <laughs> somebody's going to make some money off that. But um, it's, it's annoying to see, to see that happen. But what I'm saying is you're killing all the, you know, you, you're bringing back the system. Whether it's the original version or not, I don't know. But you're bringing back the carts, and then you bring back the controllers. You bring back the NES Advantage, the NES Max. You bring back the Zapper, mm-hmm. you know. You'd have to – like, they're, I haven't worked out all the details yet because obviously Zapper's not going to work with modern TVs, but, you know, some variant of it. I guess there's a version of Duck Hunt on Virtual Console that uses the Wii Remote to aim. Oh, really? Okay. I think that's a neat innovation. Yeah, it's a side-side thing to that's do. That's kind of neat. So, obviously, the Zapper might be off the table, but, you know, you bring are you that, telling me? Are you telling me Nintendo would not look for an opportunity to sell a peripheral? Well, you, you can't really with, with – with flat screen TVs, though. Oh, they don't. It's like incapable. Oh, okay. yeah, zappers don't work on a flat. Yeah, you can, you only only CRTs. Something about the way it flashes mm-hmm. the image or something. I don't know the tech tech. If you know, write us or something and tell us. But well, you know what you get. Well, what they would the, the the solution they would do is we do like what Nintendo does or Nintendo Sony does with the uh, the move. They use that eye. Oh, so they'd have a little camera on the TV. Yeah, or something that like would, that. Yeah. yeah, you could do that. Yeah. There, there, there's a way they could do it. There's, you know, there's always a way to overcome a technical hurdle. They're Nintendo. They could figure it out. But all I'm saying is, do you think that that is something that, you know, like you, your scenarios that you provided are excellent. Yep. That's my, that's my scenario. Do you think that's something that... Uh, um, I wouldn't say that for as like the full future, but could they make no, no, money? No, no, no. Abs- yeah, not right. You're not not your sole source of income. But you, just like what they did with the NES Classic. Yeah, I'm saying or, like here's you know the NES Classic. You know it did so well. We decided we're just going to release. I think there's definitely potential to yeah, make money there because I said that to my wife that, that when when that when I started, especially if they do that same bullshit with like oh we're going to limit to like a like a thousand a limited run or something. yeah a limited run yeah. of that. So especially yeah. if they did that, that that's huge. Yeah. So we're bringing back the nest for like a week yep and then it's going away with these forever. cartridges and something like that. there's only x yeah. number of cartridges but the problem is nintendo won't make enough to fill the orders for that week you know it'll just be like it'll go away but there again you're creating a scalper market on ebay and it just becomes horrible but uh yeah that's my idea is uh, nintendo re-release the nest and the snes and like near proper 50 to 100 carts you know mm-hmm. Whether they're whether the console is the original console or a uh, because uh, you know quite frankly I'm not interested in breaking those tabs out again. <laughs> I did that already to play Japanese games. So. Exactly. Uh, but you know, depending on the region, you know, there could be Jap- Japanese gets like different cartridges than America, and there could be all these different variants. That could. And be. you could fix all the problems of the past by releasing Contra translated and uh you know and and that's yeah, true you could actually make this a market the cutscenes translated the trees move and you could do you know it's none of this is going to happen you know why because it would be cool 
It would be cool. And there, yeah. Nintendo's Nintendo right now, or at least in this case, I don't think they would be at that level of pushing that. For that kind of level, for that retro stuff, it would take somebody at a certain level, like you, in charge of theirs. Like, oh, by the way, I know this. Let's do this. Yeah. They would write. They would have a lot of manufacturers just like, you know, publish the hardware, publish that, publish the cartridges. Let's get the quick ROM on there. Yeah. Only they would need somebody like you in charge yeah. to put those little cool things there who is aware of those things. Yeah, you need, by the way, you remember how there was the region change, you know, because we, like a lot of those guys probably aren't there anymore. The guys that originally developed those mm. games who would know little like. Well, it kind of almost reminds me of like the debacle that happened with the uh, PS Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the full details because uh, I was never really a Vita player at all. I never really saw it, but apparently the PS Vita and just the handhelds in general for Sony are supposed to be some of the most superior, play, uh, like, versatile technology you could ever do. Like, if you actually got into the nuts and bolts and gut, uh, guts of it, there was, like, all these variants of, like, different coatings and stuff you can do with it that whoever, whoever the development team who did it, like, knew, was, like, at, like you said, at your level, knew what a programmer could do with it put so much potential underneath the hardware yeah. of what they could do with it but they never touched any of it so do you do you, uh, i'm trying to understand so do you say that a programmer could choose um a coding method using the ps and then they could do something like put like skype on a vita or something like okay. that okay. and things like that like use things that it was not intended for but it never it never materialized it was all underground stuff okay but like there was a huge underground market well, remember, for people being able to recode the vita i remember the psp always, and the psp same thing yeah the psp always had that custom firmware out yes. that would let you do like more things than it could out of the box mm-hmm. i remember i had my psp modded with the custom firmware and i had like a bunch of games that I just loaded right on the memory card instead of using yep. UMDs and they could play movies and, and do, and do like all the, and, and then uh, I had the component cable to shoot it over to the TV. And it was just like, I, that system modded was excellent. I yep. really, that was uh yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. Well, that's that, what I'm saying. That the they Vita, would take somebody at, it would take a person at that level to be able to do the cool stuff like you. And that would make it that extra touch yeah. with like Contra stuff. They would need that type of person. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, uh, me and Valis, um, not uh, not getting a switch, not right away. Anyway. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I'm, getting one I'm, right away. Uh, I have friends. I actually told uh, one friend of mine that I'm going to like watch her play Zelda. Yeah, That's going to be um, my version. Trick Man Terry pre-ordered one. Yep, and, he uh, did. I saw it on Facebook, and he said, he said I'm, "I'm weak. I, I'm weak." Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We forgive you, Terry. Hey, you There's, know what? I get it. I, I, I yeah, totally exactly. get the exactly. idea of this. The new Nintendo. It's the new thing. Yeah. Oh my god! It, my oh my. Old school Nintendo fandom would always say that, like, oh, here's the new Nintendo thing yeah. that would on want to. I remember the day when I got that Super Nintendo doing there. We never had such a thing as YouTube, so we never had like unboxing videos or something like that. Yeah. But Did you know, I would remember taking it out of the box, examining everything. Oh my first, that was an event. My first Sendai paycheck. Uh Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, F Zero, and Pilot Wings. That's <laughs> what I spent my first paycheck on at Sendai. Super Nintendo, F Zero Pilot Wings. I'm like, I I earned this. And uh, yeah, it's glorious. It was. It was the, glorious. The first too, unboxing, so. and yeah, it was just. Uh, it was. Uh, it was something. It was an event, like you said. So the Nintendo fandom that we're both there. Yep. We both love Nintendo. For me personally, Nintendo is. They are. Nobody's better. They're. They're my guys. But. You know, I'm a, they're, they're these days perfect. I'm a, these days I'm a Sony system fan. I shouldn't yeah. say I'm a gaming fan. Yeah. Because uh, Sony the, games are okay, but there's plenty of games out there. Like I mean, going back to a lot of things of there. 
one of the questions I have about Breath of the Wild, which one thing, which is in my opinion a whole other subject, is I'm actually worried now about Breath of the Wild because it's coming out March 3rd. It's suddenly two weeks. Nobody's like played it or heard or anything about this. Yeah. I'm actually kind of worried. Are they releasing it early? Why, really? Uh, is it not done to the, the oh, perfection where it should oh, be? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, well, this this in this day and age, DLC fixes everything, right? <laughs> day one patch, right? Yeah, that could be theoretically. Maybe Nintendo yeah. would go down that you, route. You'll you're, you'll get that. Terry's going to get that Switch home, and he's mm-hmm. going to spend an hour getting the getting the system update, the day one system update, and then he's going to spend another hour getting the day one Breath patch of the Wild update. <laughs> You know that that it's that's not going to happen on the Wii U, and mm-hmm. it'll be a 1080p. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That would actually happen in 1080p. So, yeah. so, and that does make me worried about that. With that, also makes me just in terms of content for Zelda. Is it a fully complete game to compete at the level with? I'm going to say it with Skyrim, yeah. with the Elder Scrolls games, with Witcher, with the upcoming Horizon Zero Dawn, which may or may not be a great game. But, you know, again, we're dealing with Nintendo, and in their mind, we don't need to compete with them. If you were to say that to Nintendo, mm-hmm. what you just said, their response would be, we're not competing with them. And that's the part. What? How far is that going yeah. with that? How far is... How, Are they relying how on How far that? will that attitude carry you? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, we're Nintendo. This is our new Zelda game. And then Middle Finger, you know? Yep. It's just like pretty much that's... You know, because I see the potential for Breath of the Wild being like, oh my God, this is the revamp of Zelda we want to do. Are they going to do it properly? I mean, I see controls that they've got it in there. Yeah, open world and, you know, I mean, that was pretty much the first Zelda. Open world and choose whichever dungeon choose you wanted to, to do first. Yep. You did it. Whatever dungeon and whatever locations, if you want to go and oh, like... Oh, I found this dungeon, level two. I Okay. If I want to hack frickin' trees, I'll hack frickin' trees. Oh, look, I found a little under thing, the little underground thing. Oh, look, a little ru- a little gambling thing for rupees, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, see, that I, I will tell you that that gambling game in Zelda showed me that I must never, ever, ever try gambling in real life. Don't go to Vegas? I, so I will, that's I will never get a gambling addi- addiction in life because I played that Zelda treasure game. <laughs> and I've, I've failed every time. I'd get, I'd get 500 rupees. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have zero. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go for nine ninety nine, and then zero. So you had zero. <laughs> yeah. Every time, I, I every time I lost it all mm-hmm. with that game. And that's I'll, I I can still see that smug look on that guy's face every time I that that eight bit face had the little bastard guy. Yep. The, that little guy with the you know that smug that jerk. The old man. Yeah. It wasn't an old man. Oh, I thought it was old man, the same one that sold the sword, but maybe a different color or something. I just like thought that. it was that guy that looked like he was carrying a bag over his back. I thought is that like uh, a moblin? Oh yeah, it was a moblin, wasn't it? Well, well like a variation of one, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But uh, it's been too long since I played the first Zelda for me to remember. <laughs> but uh, I guess the last thing I would wanna ask is uh what would what would you think about uh, you know, we, we everybody's talking a lot about Zelda. Uh but the thing that really um caught my attention uh, was uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Ooh, Odyssey. I actually do have some opinions about that. Yeah. What'd you think? Mm. First off, um, you know, well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is my first impression when I first saw the streets of New York and going there, I saw a cab, cab, another cab there. And, then and I went, first thing I said was like, oh, are they doing a new version of Crazy Taxi? Oh, okay. I didn't expect that. Okay. Um, here's the one that, the, okay, same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, same as you, seeing the taxi cabs and seeing, and then I saw that um, 
that the, 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 the manhole rate? the manhole cover move. Where you think it's turtles? Sonic. Sonic Adventure. That's ex- that is exact. Think of the. I, I actually I don't think I've seen that intro. Okay, the opening intro of Sonic Adventure is that exactly. Really, it's, it's a city and taxi cabs driving by, and a taxi cab drives over a manhole cover. A manhole cover, and it shakes, and then like water pops out of it, and it's like a, the the villain of the game, and then Sonic runs in and. Oh, weird. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I've I'm like, seen that oh intro. my god. They are. This is a new Sonic game. I'm like, what is this? And then Mario pops out of there. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> because I, I'm telling you, watch the intro to Sonic Adventure, mm-hmm. and you know it, it doesn't matter what version game, uh, uh, Dreamcast or the GameCube one. They're all the same. Nope. Sonic Adventure one. It's, okay. It is that scene exactly. <laughs> a pan over a city, then zoom into the streets, taxi cab, manhole cover. It is exactly the same. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I'm like. This like are they remaking Sonic Adventure? That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you thought Crazy Taxi because that's one that didn't occur to me because I was so fixated on Sonic. Yeah, see, I never see that intro. If I saw the intro, I would actually the way you describe it, I could I could see myself attributing yeah, it's that too. It's identical, especially man. their so, especially the way that they uh they they always have a collaboration now with Sega with yeah, Sonic yeah, too. Yeah, right, so exactly. So it, it was fit. like it it sort of made sense to me, and I was like. Um, and I can't tell you now. You never played Sonic Adventure, really? That never much? really played. Okay. It, so. Well, Sonic Adventure is like it has like the regular actiony Sonic levels, mm-hmm. but in between all of them, they're all interconnected by um, like this kind of open world area. Okay. Which I hate. <laughs> uh, the action levels are where it's at. It's an awesome game as far as those action levels are yep. concerned. But getting you when you finish one of the action stages, you're back in this open world. I can't picture Sonic as an open world. Thank you. Thank you. I, so, and I'm a fan of open world. I want more open world games. I can't picture Sonic being that way. Exactly. Because the whole point of Sonic is the speed. They were terrible. I hated the open world areas mm-hmm. in, in Sonic Adventure. And the first open world area, there were a number of them that interconnected the different levels. But the first, very first area you're in is this place called um, like Station Square. Mm-hmm. And Station Square looks, it, it like when Mario's jumping around that city, I'm like, oh my God. It looks like Station this Square. This is Sonic Adventure, exactly. Like they remade Sonic Adventure. And then I saw a joke on Twitter where somebody was like, oh, Super Mario uh, Odyssey is looking fine. And then it's a screenshot of Sonic Adventure. I was like, yep, that's, that's uh, awesome. Same thing, I, same thing I thought, man. And then, like, a lot of people were going on about, like, well, okay, so is Mario out of the Mushroom Kingdom and back in the real world? And if Well, he, I figured that out. If he is back in the real world in Brooklyn or wherever he's from, if that's what this is supposed to be, then why are all the human characters tall and he's short? Is Mario not human? I have so many questions, Nintendo. And, like, well, I that one's easy. I, that one I easily figured out. Yeah. But, uh, but why is Mario out of proportion with the humans? Oh, that no, was- that's exactly what it is. Because Mario is not in, of it's it's all in like there. The whole when you look at the other levels, that they said they said the presentation he is visiting different worlds like universes. Oh, I see. Okay, and that's what it is, and that's the real world. Okay, so it's Mario in oh, like he's not he doesn't come from our world. Yeah, in in respect, he's like if he was going in Mario, if he had went to a back to a Brooklyn, it would be. His a cartoony Brooklyn. Was that explanation in the? No. Okay. This is mine. I'll admit. Uh, this is this is my interpretation of how I. Picked oh, this it is up. your made up crap. No <laughs> crap. You basically yeah, but this is this is well, how I know, saw it. I, it I will tell to you right. I will tell you it's the first thing I've heard that makes any sense to me. Well, yeah, that's what it seemed like to me is that this is multiple because if you look at the other universes, ones like this like swamp thing with these different types of creatures, these other ones like this. 
they're radically different yeah so it's like some of, some of them seem like mushroom kingdom some of them seem real world some of them seem one's like, like it's like glowy swamp the other one it's like they, they they are clearly and they said he jumps from different universe to different worlds to different worlds okay and so that was my impression was the new york one is him coming into our world okay all right. Well, and then it's as good an explanation as I've heard so far. So, so yeah, exactly. I hope I hope that's what it really is. And like, that was that was my impression when that I took away from that because again, if you look at all the other ones, it's like they're visually beautiful, but they are so radically different from each other. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not like a difference between like you know the sand level, the ice level, stuff like that. They all still have that sort of cartoony look. These had like literally art style differences. Yeah, totally. For like how everything whirls. I just but they said it, they did say in the intro you are visiting different worlds. Yeah, they did say that, and that's where that's where I connected. I'm like, oh, that's why they look like normal humans. Then. Yeah, I I just wanted Super Mario Galaxy three. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I those games are masterpieces. Mar- mm-hmm. Mario Galaxy one and two. I, I only played a little of those. I hate to say it. Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't be sorry. I the, I just I played them a lot, and I think they're masterpieces. They're uh, amazing. It's like they took the uh, I consider Mario sixty four to be pretty close to perfection, and they took that and like dialed it up. Mm-hmm. I you, you made a face. Yeah, Mario sixty four. Well, like you said, Mario sixty four is close to perfection. I could see the controls being close to perfection for that game. Yeah. I could see that. But then it's like when, I, when they made the jump to Sunshine and stuff like that, oh, I was like, oh. No. Sunshine, no. Mm-hmm. Sunshine, Sunshine is uh, the redheaded stepchild of, <laughs> of Mario. It was, yeah. A lot of very oddball choices. I was telling a friend of mine I hated that camera. God, it's like how they broke... Then how they broke N64's camera controls was beyond my... Yeah, the, the camera sucked in Mario mm. 64. But the game itself... You know, if you had Mario 64 with a good camera, it'd be perfect, yes. I think. But, uh, you know, I, at the time, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, cam- Cameras that could move inside walls wasn't a thing back then. Yes. You know, that was always like when you got to the wall and then it stopped. Like, why yep. not just let it go through the wall? And like, you know, but they didn't do that back then, you know. So I was actually going to say that um, uh, for going back to Odyssey and stuff like that, um, uh, my the only gripe I do have is they said it was going to be an open world and I, from what I've seen, and I need to see more before I do that, it, it lo- the worlds look more to me like glorified, more detailed N64 Mario levels, which is fine, yeah. but that's not open world. No. Open no. world is one um, giant world of being able to find all kinds of different things. Well, it did look like that city was. It, the, the city looks like a city level. Yeah. And like, like Spider-Man is going to have... You know, but New York. You know, the it's other like levels it. that they showed look to me like um, s- same thing as Mario Galaxy. Where, where you're on a rail. Yeah, you're on a rail. You have a set path that you can mm-hmm. you can go on. You feel like you're moving around, but you're really stuck on a rail. And mm-hmm. that's how you. That's, that, that's fit- how Mario Galaxy is. Yeah. Mario Odyssey in Odyssey. The, I was gonna say. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other the other worlds in Odyssey. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the all the different whimsical worlds that they showed seemed. Some of them seemed to look like at point. There's that one where he's running across that plant, and mm-hmm. the plant is creating like a set path of like flowers in front of him. That mm, seemed like okay. he was stuck on that rail, like he had to stay. In I can kind of see that. Okay. That yeah. Those parts reminded me of Mario Galaxy, and I was sitting there thinking, why didn't they just make Mario Galaxy three? Mm-hmm. But you know, again, here's the switch. We're trying to do different stuff, so now we have Mario Odyssey. So, it's and like, well, keep in mind, this might have been, uh, this might have come from Mario Galaxy Three, and they decided to make it slightly different. So I was, yeah, yeah. 
And I was worried because like it reminded me of two things. It reminded me of Mario Sunshine and I was like, eh. And then it reminded me of Station Square and Sonic. And I was like, eh, because I hate, you know, both of those things. But then I saw him throwing his hat and, like, jumping on his hat. I'm like, that's fun. You know, oh, I, God. Am I, I remember my reaction, too. And I actually said to myself, when he threw the hat, I'm like, okay, there he goes, the hat. I said, and I'm like, and thank God this is the, finally the first Nintendo game where it doesn't worry. He doesn't have some personified, like, you know, kooky item that's somehow alive. Boom, the eyes popped the, up yeah, on here it. Here come the eyes. Oh, my God damn it. Yes, it's, well, it's Nintendo. You can't, uh, they can't help themselves, man. Uh, the worst was that damn uh, water backpack mm-hmm. in, in, in Sunshine. That thing drove me bonkers, man. I just, and I never. Did that, did that, that draw you more bonkers than, hey, listen, it, hey, what? listen, <laughs> hey, listen. You know, nothing, nothing beats uh, Gilbert Gottfried saying that. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, look up Gilbert Gottfried does video game voices on YouTube, and uh, it's it's hysterical, man. Um, but uh, yeah, well, he does. Uh, he does uh, hey, listen. And yeah. He does. Uh, God, I died at that yeah, one. Step back from the door, Jill. <laughs> I'm gonna break this door now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was brilliant, Barry. Oh man, yeah, it was very funny. But uh, yeah, off topic. Uh, we are uh, the um, Mar- Mario Odyssey had me like a little worried it just reminded me of parts of games that i hated so i was mm-hmm. like i was worried and then there was like the weird him being small and humans being tall and not fitting into the world but if your explanation holds true then that was my that was my feel that was that he's that that is like the human world okay. and that's one of the worlds he is visiting because another person put a picture of uh they they uh, in a tweet they said um Super Mario Odyssey summarized, and it was a screenshot uh, from Treehouse of Horror where Homer's in the real world. Yeah, that's another idea, too. Yeah, so, so somebody said, you know, Super Mario Odyssey, yep. you know, summarized, and then picture of Homer in the real world. Like, yeah, that's, I, I you know, I can totally see that. So, uh, you know, it, again, another part of the Switch head that has me going, eh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> like, when I saw Super Mario Galaxy, I was like, wow. Amazing! Look at oh, he's yeah. like d- diving on planets and can go upside down, and it's all well, it's all like, in the same art style. This is the first time I was like, ah, yeah. It kind of reminds you of the well. It's kind of funny they bring up, but like even when they had Sonic enter the real world, and everybody remembers the everybody remembers that horrible, horrible cinema of Sonic being kissed by that woman, yeah. that anime woman. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah, oh boy. But um, and it's funny. Like I said, there were lots of little things that bothered me with the presentation. Other things, just um, going back to like you know the old the Splatoon two. Well, that actually goes that dates back to a whole thing that we used to make fun of a long time ago when they released the uh, Tetris Flash back in the day. They had a promotion with that, and they did a little goofy commercial where they go Tetris Flash, and you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm kind of like doing you know letters with my arms. Yes, and you see like little lightning, and that kind of goes back to that. And that's another thing where I'm kind of looking back, going like. Yeah, that's a very dated marketing thing. Yeah. Japanese, well, but that's that could be forgivable because there's a lot of that. But then there's other little things that bother me. Like we talked about with Street Fighter. Yeah. And how they said, oh, but now it's cool that, you know, well, I have Street Fighter. I can bring my co- my copy, my my Switch over. We can play Street Fighter 2. And I'm like, that's, you know, Ultra Street Fighter 2. So like, you've got a- your Switch and I've got my Switch and we're playing head-to-head Street Fighter 2. Um, and then we said... Or we could go on, like, what I have done for the past 20 freaking years and play on the television. <laughs> How about that? 
That's how Street Fighter's always been played. Well, then, Valis, you better buy two more $50 Joy-Cons if you want to do that, okay? (laughs) If you want to play it on TV, then you better pop for the uh, the other 100 bucks for two more Joy-Cons because that's the only way you're playing Street Fighter 2 on the TV, mister. Otherwise, bring your Switch over and we can pretend. (laughs) There you go. It's ridiculous. So... At two hours and 30 minutes, oh, Jesus. we're going to sign this off. And we didn't even talk about how bad the dubbing was in that presentation. Oh, God. Actually, the funny part is I didn't have much of a bad dubbing. It was just the, the, you mean the translator. And the translator. It was just kind of lifeless. Nah. Yeah. Well, the one guy clearly didn't have any prompter. He was just like, uh, it, it's going to uh, be. Was this the, in the beginning? The, Maybe I didn't uh, see that. I, was, I only entered it like 15 minutes late. No, it was like, like later in. It was, yeah, I, I want to say it was like 15, 20 minutes in. Mm. One, of the, one of the later, one of the third party people had just a really bad. Everybody had like a different translator. And I did notice the that, ones yeah. that. The one that was translating like Kimishima and the second yeah, guy. Yeah, he was doing a bunch of mmms and ahs. The, and no, stuff. they were good. Like, oh. the, the, like they, they were like, get, get our best guy to translate the president <laughs> and then get our second best guy to translate the other, you know, and then mm-hmm. get, you know. Let's get ventilator over yeah, here. The, the B team for uh, everybody else. But, uh, yeah, it was bad. And I even read a tweet. Somebody said, uh, you know, Nintendo translator interview. Uh, do you speak Japanese? Well, I've seen like three animes. You're hired. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that one. So uh, that was uh, pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, what what can be said? It's uh, so, horrible. But, but now if, we did talk about that horrible translation. Yeah. So now we covered it. Now we're covered. We completely covered everything. Nintendo Switch. Uh, our final opinion from uh, me and Mike Vallis is... Um, um, Wait and see. A big... Um, big um. 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 Well, um, that's our opinion. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good night, um, all. If you uh, if you liked it, if you liked me, or if you liked Mike Vallis, he'll be back. So if you keep <laughs> listening, you know he's bound to come back, and uh, you'll be able to hear more of him. If you don't want to hear more of me, please let Ray back, uh, Ray know, so I don't fear to, uh, uh, may scare you away. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I've never heard anything negative. Anything. Uh, I've never had a bad episode. It's never happened, and I always say that. And it's not for the sake of being on the air and being polite. It's mm-hmm. it's legit. I've never had a bad episode. I've always had a blast. Uh, and especially with you, but uh, you know, I've never had one where I was like, "eh, that could have been better," or "that person ain't coming back," or mm-hmm. you know, that's it's never happened. Yeah, you know? nobody pull a knife on you yet. Yeah, so. nobody's uh, you know, it's been just a a, a a a bang on experience. It's been awesome, and I've I've really uh, been happy with it, and uh, particularly um, being able to rant about uh, the Nintendo Switch. That was that was uh, a, f- a fun time, a good time. So. Um, follow me on Facebook, man. We're uh, you know I'm on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter. I got my video game repro shop, repro.rad.tv. This podcast is at podcast.rad.tv. Um, so you can go there. And all the links are there. So if you don't like, oh, well, how do I find you on Facebook? Just go to my website, man. It's there. And, you know, I, I encourage everybody to go like it on Facebook and, and like it. And, uh, well, you know, on, on Twitter you follow. You don't like Yes. It. You, you follow yeah. on Twitter. You like I don't know if Facebook. they have, like, thumbs up or anything like yeah, that on Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you can, like, like posts, I guess, or, like, mm-hmm. your thumbs up a post. Like, you, can thumb up, you can, you can yeah. approve a tweet or I'm, You know, I don't, I don't know this technology crap. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for this junk but uh despite that i'm on facebook and i'm on twitter you can go to uh, podcast.red.tv all the links are there they'll take you right to the page and you just hit like it takes two seconds what else are you doing you're not exactly yeah you're just sitting here listening to this i mean maybe you're in the car or something pull the car over pick Mm -hmm. up your phone it doesn't matter it takes a second i'd say do it while driving police will understand (laughs) 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, they're like Rand's basement. I, yeah, that's totally exactly there. There, dude's like it's like oh, thanks for reminding me, man. Yeah, I, I totally was listening to it in my police car. Yep. I turned off my radio, and uh, yeah, we shouldn't say things. <laughs> yeah, do not listen to me. This is not approved. Do not do not do what I do or I say. I, Mike Vallis, uh, the my opi- these opinions do not reflect it. Yes, of Rad, the, the, that of Rad, uh, the, of of Rad TV here and <laughs> yes, but uh, Mike, thank you for. Inviting me into your home. Yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, having me here. I yeah. mean, just inviting me once again back to the podcast. Yeah, as always. Always look forward to having Breaking you. new ground as you were my first uh, repeat offender. Woohoo! So, uh, yeah, that was uh, a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, it's like uh, 11 at night now, so I don't know if we're... Uh, Is it really? Okay. Yeah, if we're going to survive the drive home or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, whatever. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't matter. Thank you so much for doing it, as always. No and, problem. Uh, thank you. Anytime. Very much for listening. You know, I always say that. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate people listening to me drone on about crap. It's, you know, it, it's it's gratifying to know that I'm able to reach people and entertain people. And that they would appreciate. Yeah, exactly. I, it's it's uh, it's really cool. So thank you, folks, and thank you for doing it. And uh, yep. we'll catch you in two weeks uh, with another. And uh, who knows what we'll do. It, it could be insane, you know. I, I may or may not wear pants. It's a podcast. Thank God for a podcast then. Yeah, so yeah, right. you may not be wearing pants now. Yeah, I may not. Yeah, be. no one knows. No one knows what what we're up to here. So uh, until next week. No, not next week. Two weeks. I do two it every weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, you do it every two weeks. You'd think yeah. I would know when I do my own. podcast. When do you do your podcast? I, I think, you look at me asking me when next, do you do yeah, your next podcast? Week. I asked you what episode it was. I don't <laughs> know. I have no clue what's going on. I'm totally lost. So uh, we'll catch you next time.